Just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, September 25th, 1.21 p.m., episode 114. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for all the social... Oh, my God, I can't... <clears throat> Sorry. I like. I was trying not to cough there for there a second. Let's do that one more time. COVID. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets <laughs> podcast, your one and only source for all the social and political commentary that you can handle, including... Oh, my God. This is just not working out you today. Got this. I'm just going to have to read the script, bro. Um, but anyways, welcome back, everybody. One more time to the Salt <laughs> the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports, all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. These, we've had some internet issues between the pre-show and here. We're all back now. My mind's getting back in the game. Welcome aboard. I am Colin. And I am Donovan. And what is coming up on this week's show? We've got some COVID updates. We've got some General Milley topics. We've got um, the, 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 the budget and the government shutdown, possibly. We've got the southern border crisis. It's going to be a big old grab bag. We've got the AUKUS the, Treaty, the the AUKUS Treaty, yeah. the Australia UK US Treaty, where people are getting nuclear submarines. And France is pissed off, so it's going to be a good, solid grab baggy show. We're going to get into a lot of stuff, and I have faith we're going to hit all those topics that I just said. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Um, so. We kind of got cut off on the pre-show, obviously, so I wanted to ask you yes. just right at the get-go. Anything, Colin. We've been gone for two weeks. I had an eye injury in between now and then. I had a uh, infected corneal ulcer, which was really shitty. I so don't suggest hot. it, you know. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty sexy, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> so I was sporting an eye patch for a while, hiding out in the dark. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you, like, what would you get up to last Last weekend. Last weekend, Jordan had some cake jobs. Shout out leggings and aprons if you're in the area and need any cakes. That's right. Leggings and aprons leggings on and Instagram and yes. all the socials. And all the things, yeah. She told me that she was thinking of switching to JP Bakery. She found somebody else that I think was like icing and aprons or something. So she oh. was like, so I'm going to move away from that. Um, but that's business conversations Indeed. you don't need to know about that shit but if all you need, need to cake, know she's slaying the cake yeah man. yeah she did yeah she did a, like a frozen cake last week and the frozen cake i think was the best was like my favorite one that i've seen so she's doing all kinds ridiculous, of stuff dude yeah check Jeez. out check out leggings and aprons she's doing some stuff so she delivered she did some cake jobs um so we didn't do anything on saturday and then on sunday football all day football so oh yeah um, fantasy was not has not been nice to me I so have far. one win over two weeks and four teams. Okay, good. I don't feel so bad now. Yeah. Because I only have one yeah. team, and I have two losses at this yeah. point. I gave up watching the end of last week's game because it looked like I was going to win. It was going to be great. And all of a sudden, I think Aaron Rodgers lost a couple points, and I lost my lead. And I lost by, like, a point or two. I was yeah. so, you know. I'd rather lose now at the beginning. 
honestly, because I have a tendency to go in hot and start getting W's right off the gate and then fall right off. So I have a feeling this year is going to be different. Yeah, no, Um, you can come back. There's still lots of time, mm -hmm. so I'm not I'm not deterred by it. Um, I'm liking the new app though, man. It's great. Yes, yeah, Sleeper's legit. Not an ad. Um, Sleeper's has definitely been legit. Big fan of that app. I still have two leagues that are on. ESPN, which sucks really bad, because um, I would rather yeah. just all be on Sleeper, because having to think about two different apps and everything. Yeah, that's got to be pain in the ass. Weak as fuck. Yeah, especially when you got all the different leagues and stuff that you're in, you know. Yes, and our league is the only one that does the fab budgets with the dollars instead of the waiver order. Oh and yeah. So my three other leagues are all waiver order, so I also have to like oh. deal with that and the fab thing. So it's very much complicated. Yeah, I'm not. A, you know what, Chloe? I'm not trying to kick you, but you're laying right under my feet. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, She's used to it. She hangs out there all the time. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it wasn't bad. Um, Seahawks lost last week to the Titans at like yep. the very end, in Seahawks fashion. That's how they like to do things. So yeah, it's so, pretty upsetting. Yeah. No, it was good. It was very chill last yeah. weekend. We went to a park. Um, what park did we go to last weekend? Oh, we went to. Um, was it that park where like somebody died? Evergreen Park. Somebody got shot or something like that near that? No. What? No, that must have been somebody else was telling me. There was another park in Bremerton. I think in East Bremerton, West Bremerton, there was like a shooting or something like that. Yeah, like last week. Not when we were there. That's good. That's good. (laughs) So it was a good time. We just chilled. Um, I feel like I definitely took Dax to do something on Saturday to Mm -hmm. like get out of Jordan's hair, but I don't remember what we did. He's cruising around probably. Yeah. Last weekend was a storm, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Friday evening there was a storm. I was super jazzed about it because the sun went away for a little while. Mm-hmm. The sun is still a problem for my eye lately, and I was, I was loving the overcast and the rain. And I was like, "Oh, this is sweet! I can actually like be outside and not want to tear my eyeball out." Yeah, we never talk about like old men. I mean, there was a definite shift to fall. You know, oh dude, the it weather was... has definitely Skirt! taken its turn. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a hard shift to fall. The uh, Carolina picked up an entire case, like the the twenty four, I think twenty four pack of the bottles of the Elysian pumpkin beers <laughs> and on top of that another four pack of another you know kind of random microbrewery yeah you know pumpkin beers so we have all the pumpkin beers ever made at any point in time she said she almost picked up a case of oktoberfest when she was there too and i cried because she didn't because obviously oktoberfest is good um and you're gonna find out because ask me what i did last weekend what did you do last <laughs> week <laughs> I've just been dying to tell this story. So last Saturday, we hooked up with uh, Jake and Morgan um, before they went out of town. Western Red. At Western Red Brewing. Yeah. And um, just were there, you know. Did you drink was all nice. the beers? I drank all the beers. I drank all the beers. I uh, I got like a, I don't know, some kind of random pale ale when I first got there. Because the sign of like what beers are on tap and stuff like that, there's a couple locations, but the main one right by the registry has this big light that hangs down right underneath of it. And the very, very bottom of the list was an Oktoberfest. And since I was, like, glaring and shit, I couldn't really see it. And so I totally missed it. And so I sat mm. down after getting the beer, and Jake's got an Oktoberfest. And, like, I think – I can't remember what Carolina got right away. I think just a single buck IPA. But and I was like, what? You got an Oktoberfest? Bro, I didn't even see that on the list. So I had uh, – Four, o- I had here. four more Oktoberfests after Ooh. that pale ale because Carolina was like, you're hurting right now. You can't drive at night anyway, so feel free. Go Rifle town. them. Yeah, buddy. Go. So I was throwing them back. We were laughing, telling stories, um, kind of 
you know, laying out some plans and stuff for like their uh, Halloween yeah. party coming up. Had a blast. And then I got a growler of Oktoberfest on the way out to bring home. And Carolyn and I finished that Saturday night. Yeah. So I had five beers and then had a, and, you know, half of a growler. And I probably, I probably chiefed the growler a lot too. I'm not going to lie. But uh, yeah, I came back and, you know, I've been getting a little bit more into this Twitch world recently trying right. to like feel it right. out and see what's going on and i spent all night in one of carolina's friends twitches and then did this after party thing on the discord which we should give another shout out to our now live patreon yes. and our discord server and all that stuff because we're going to be doing this stuff real real soon but uh went to this discord after party with a bunch of people that i didn't know carolina came and so everybody's just in there on mic and camera Everybody's just sitting there talking shit, taking shots, telling stories. We talked we talked politics. We had a really fucking good time. But boy, did I get just white girl wasted, dude. It was <laughs> white girl by wasted. By the end of it, I had to I had to kinda I just kinda ghosted yeah. out because I was sitting in the chair and I was like, I'm gonna pass out in this chair. And so I need to end this. It was like four thirty in the morning and they were still rolling. On Sunday. And still going on Saturday. No, oh, yeah, I mean, Sunday morning. So yeah. I was so I'm I'm at the gym. You're at the gym I'm lifting. Actively at the gym. And I am drinking still from the night before. <laughs> Last Sunday I did just just to compare yep. what we were both doing at four thirty, right? Last Sunday I did an hour and thirty minute core workout that had me hurting until Wednesday. I was doing bicep <laughs> curls that had me hurting until Wednesday. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so fucking funny. Oh, man. If I would have known, I would have been talking to you. Bro, I was. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, that was, there was a lot of bad decisions made that oh night, man. God. It took me all week to kind of recover from that. I, oof, I'm too you old for that You guys are crazy. Shit, too you old guys for that are shit. crazy. I'm trying to take advantage, you know, we don't have the kids. Let's, let's be young and do these things. And, oh man, my body feels it, bro. But Jordan it was, asked me about, it was fun. Jordan asked me about going to a Halloween party. And I was like, I don't know. Like, that's just not really me. Like, right. I just don't really want to do that. Like, <laughs> I got to go to work the next day and like the gym and stuff. And like, I would rather do this and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, no, I was up into a 430 in a Discord server just fucking chatting on my computer with yep. fucking random individuals. With like, random people throwing you guys back are, beers, taking yeah. shots. Oh, man. What is this world that we're living in? You guys are crazy. It's a wild world, buddy. It you is a wild world. But yeah, I just had to. Because, yeah, I was like, there was a point at which I was crawling into bed at like, you know, four thirty or something like that, and I was just like, "What did I just do to That's myself? Absurd. This is going to take me forever." What did I do last Saturday? I remember now. We dropped off one of those cakes, and mm -hmm. that's why we didn't meet you guys. Because if we oh, weren't yeah, doing yeah, that, we right. might have we might have met off. you guys at the brewery and that's hung right. out for a little bit. But yeah, um, we dropped off a cake in Belfair, and it, it was at like a family party. So Jordan made a tiramisu dinosaur themed cake oh it was ridiculously delicious God. yeah so we drove out to belfair to drop off this cake and four minutes before we got to belfair state park was when it was pissing oh rain. dude dumping. absolutely dumping yeah and so they actually had a covered area that we did the party in but a, most of the people we were there with got rained out of their campsites like all their shit jordan's parents like leaf all his clothes were soaked and stuff like that it was a bad time oh, yeah man. bad news 
Yeah, I haven't yeah, been camping. To do that. I haven't been camping in rain like that since I was a kid, and I remember then we did not get rained out, but many other people we were with. Yeah. If you did not set up your tent in the right spot, you got fucked. You, got, you have you got, got a wrecked. Yeah, I'm very. I remember having clothes ruined by them, like touching the sides of the tent. You know, mm-hmm. when you camp out. So, like, I'm very, yep. I'm very nervous about having wet clothes and like wet things. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm very careful about that type of shit because that's how that's you a, die, bro. It's a bad time. Yep. You know, that's a real bad time. If we used to camp like in Moses Lake and stuff like that, you know, if you're four hours from home. You can't just drive home and get no, new clothes, bro. you know. Like, and you, it's not like you're going to go to the store and spend oh, yeah. fucking a hundred dollars on another. Because we used to camp it for like two weeks at a time, you know. So you're not going to go out there and spend hundred dollars on a two weeks worth of clothes. You got to yeah. keep your shit legit, right. you know. Yeah. So that's funny. Jordan's never done anything like that, so there's like, I don't know. I forget when we go camping. There's the stuff that you have to like remind people of. That yeah. It's just it's weird. Yeah, because unless you're one of those people that was like doing it all the time Mm -hmm. or every single year religiously you know um like i have a lot of high how would i phrase that like a high reward high consequence type of hiking situations when i go hunting and stuff yeah and like yeah dude no you're 10 miles away from a vehicle you need to go in ready for whatever you might run into right while simultaneously trying to bring in as little as possible so everything is very precious but unless you have that like mindset, you don't. Most people don't think about that kind of stuff. It's like, oh yeah, whatever. I can. No, dude, you can't. Mm-mm. It's ten hours away that way, and an entire day on your hoofing it out. Right. Like that's a tough deal, man. But yeah, it was. We haven't had a storm. We haven't had like rain in it's a been long very time. Very dry this summer. And very dry. that thing came with, with uh, vengeance, bro. It was nice, bro. It was nice. We I did. I didn't hate it. I got to actually mow my lawn again because mm-hmm. all that water got into the grass, made everything green again. It was re- it was actually really nice to have. Jax really wants to play in the snow, so I think we're gonna get some snow this year. We're definitely gonna get <coughs> snow this year. The time is now, so keep telling him. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <sighs> Just got a bunch of crap running in my throat today. So this week we got lots of good things going on. We, we do. are going to be talking about um, obviously the crisis at the border, like Colin said. Yeah. We are going to be talking about. Some COVID updates, which we can probably do now. Um, mm-hmm. Those are relatively small, I think, or you know, quicker. The border crisis is going to be the biggest topic, I think. Um, yeah. General Milley, and then we have obviously the AUKUS Treaty, which AUKUS. is the yeah Australia UK United that sounds States badass, Treaty, right? As far it as does. treaties goes, yeah. You know? The AUKUS Treaty. I heard about it on the radio, and I hit you up, and I told you my immediate concern was. My immediate concern is what they're not telling us. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, it's about submarines. And I'm like, okay, what other type of military technologies are you also getting, though? Because yeah. I have a hard time, just me, believing that it's just submarines. I don't know that. Because it's not. it's definitely not. There's a whole package of things, exactly. including, like, cybersecurity yeah. and, you know, yeah. all manner of stuff. So but. in this time when Australia is like, oh, you need to download this app on your phone so that when we call you, you can take a picture of yourself so we can make sure that you're in the location you're supposed to be in because mm-hmm. that's actually happening right now. Yep. That's a real thing. In a world where that's existing, I'm like, well, they probably want to control their people even a little bit more if they yeah. can, you know? And America seems to be on kind of the cutting edge of people controlling cybersecurity or, you know, infiltration of knowledge technology. So, yeah. I mean, let's face it, China kind of like, cornered the market on it but yeah they used our technology china's number it. one for <laughs> sure and because they keep so much stuff yeah. secret now you know but was it was all from 
right. the the tech. Um, I don't know wh- how would you call that. Like, what do you call that when they're stealing intellectual property? Yeah, that yeah. That type of deal, like in corporate espionage. It, yeah, corporate espionage. That's why they can do it and implement it over there because they piggybacked everything over the last like two decades. Uh, you know, since we had the open China policy, it's been a very interesting thing. They just aren't that scared to use it. Fuck the CCP. And I don't think Australia is going to be that scared to use it. But Obviously not. And the nuclear, the nuclear-powered submarines is not something to just gloss over either. Right. Like, that's still a big deal, too. I mean, I don't know if the nuclear... I mean, Aussie's got to have nukes, right? As part of, like, the Western powers. I would assume shit. so. I, I, didn't, I need to look that up. I don't know. But nuclear-powered submarines still, I mean, that's a big deal. There's only a handful of countries yeah. with nuclear capabilities. Yeah. So, at least with, And we're like, real picky nuclear... about who gets allowed to come back into yeah. that club, you know? Iran, no, you're not allowed in. Mm-mm. China, well, you're already in, so we can't do nothing about it. But right. like when new people try to come up on the block and be like, "Yeah, we want nuclear power," we're like, nah, you don't. Yeah, need that. If <laughs> you, you don't need it that. Out in relatively short time from when we figured it out, we couldn't really do anything about it. You know? Yeah. For some reason now, I don't, we're allowed to. I don't. I don't understand that, that kind of thing. Always baffles me when it comes up. Is like, why are we allowed to tell you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can or cannot progress with your science because it's not like especially in the case of Iran and now we're talking about this right? Especially in the case of, like, it's not like they couldn't do it it's just a matter of enriching uranium to the yeah. level that it could be used for a pump oh, so yeah. it's like it's not like you don't even have the capability you just can't make one tomorrow yeah. because you have to enrich the uranium first like what the fuck is that that yeah. doesn't are we really supposed to assume that that they don't already have some somewhere yeah. you know like yeah, because it's been a while since I really looked into that. But, you know, there was a while there where everybody was watching it and their their level of enrichment and stuff like that. They were telling they're us breaking they were the going treaty. Up. Yeah. yeah, they, they were like, we're, like, we're going to keep that. going because fuck you guys. Yeah, and they, at this point, they have to. At well, this right point. now, I think we're in the seventh round of talks. Um, oh, yeah. Like third-party talks with the Iranians about the nuclear deal. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be any a coverage whole lot of – Well, not too much coverage. I think I – I think the only reason I know that is because of the press briefings, because they mm. talk about it, you know, and people ask Jen Psaki about it, but no. Yeah. And so be, and the, if there isn't coverage of it in the mainstream, then there obviously isn't very much progress going on. You yeah, know? nothing the, to really report, if you will. The amount of leaks that come out of the administration is, I mean, it's atrocious, you know. Their Leaky. Whole, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about, like, the General Milley book. I mean, the whole book written just like the one during Donald Trump that I'm sure is going to be off of largely, not uncorroborated, but unnamed sources, anonymous sources, you know, the amount of stories that are written off of someone with knowledge of the situation said this, like that's all well and good. And it's like the story is very salacious. So it's very interesting to read. And like, you know, if that were true, then it would be very interesting. But because we have no idea of the credibility of this person, other than this journalist saying, believe me but i can't tell you who they are exactly when we walk around every day saying you can't believe anything the media says i don't know why it's yeah i struggle to give anything too much credence but uh, i also at my core would like to believe why would you say something like this if it wasn't true yeah. you know why would you so just off the wall it's like it has to be but yeah and it's We'll get more into that when we start talking about the Millie stuff. And but I mean, yeah, just as a, a general, of... I didn't mean that specifically. I mean, mm-hmm. as a general theme, any of these stories that come out that are made by uncorroborated oh, sources, yeah. I don't, why would someone say something so salacious if it wasn't true? Like, oh, yeah. why would you well, with like say, the you know? Yeah, with the border crisis stuff, you know, all the stories that are coming out, it's like, you know, um, from a source who is being, you know, anonymous because he's not authorized to speak on this thing. It's like, like, I understand that. 
but how am I supposed to trust you? Right. After the last, what you've put us through over the last decade, how am I supposed to trust that you're not just being, you're not full of bullshit right now? Every single story is an unnamed source familiar with or an anonymous right. source who, right. d you know, has direct knowledge of. It's like, how is that sourcing? Right. I don't understand. Yeah. And that's going to come up, I think, a lot today with all the things we talk about. And it's something I think we could bear to pay more attention to when we bring up articles. You yeah. Because we only, as it's, as people who who are, are at this point independent journalists, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We don't have anybody working for us. We also have full-time jobs, so we can't go to Washington, D.C. and investigate these things ourselves, right? We have to rely on the reporting of these big news agencies. There's only yeah. so much that we can – same thing with Tim Pool, right? Yeah. There's only so much that you can do in reporting these things. Yeah. But The best way, like, for us to do it is to find a story, find as many sources, talking about that story as possible from all different political persuasions, small media, major media, right. and then taking official statements from White Houses and things like that, and government sources, and then kind of amalgamating Which them all Which is what together. we do in the background, yeah. you know? Um, and That's what we do every day of our lives. Right, and it's why <laughs> most of the videos and the clips and stuff that we play here are from the press briefings, because yeah. it's easier. The best way is to take what they're saying and then use everything that we've read to kind of go back with, well, this is what's actually happening. Yeah. So. It's a weird balance because, um, yeah, again, there's that trust issue every time. But what else are you going to do yeah. without having the millions and millions of dollars in funding to be able to hire people to do stuff like that on the ground, individual investigative reporting? And it's, you know, everybody can just do what they can. I think this is a great jumping off point actually to talk about COVID, right? Yeah. Because just like in journalism, in COVID-19 and so much that's going on, there are these enormous administrative bodies that are standing behind this, the CDC, the FDA, things like that. When I was talking to my uncle the other day, he was talking about the FDA and was saying the FDA like has no reason, has no incentive to deceive anybody. You know, there's like, which I... It's true. I it's true. grant that there is no incentive for the FDA to deceive anybody. My issue with the FDA is the insane amount of drugs and treatments and things like that that get approved. And we only find out 10 years later, oh, this gives you cancer. Like fucking Shantix. All of the Shantix yeah. is getting pulled off the shelf right now. I'm telling people, if you're already taking it, you have to continue to take it. because, And this is so random, right? When I listen to the Shane show. Do you remember the Shane show? Day, dude. Back in the day, yeah. Shane Powers was taking Shantix. Yeah, and what was Shantix smoking. for? Yeah, it's it was to quit a, smoking. It's, a, yep, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a drug to help you quit smoking. Mm -hmm. It made him fucking crazy. Yeah. It made him absolutely crazy. And that's very common. You know, like the side effects from Shantix are, are insane. Yeah. And so now we're to find out that actually it can give you cancer also. And so... Again, just like the vaginal meshes that I always bring up because yeah. those – and it's funny, right? But those are the commercials that we see all the time because these are the things that impact enormous amounts of people yeah. that get them and they think that they're fine. They're not just vaginal meshes, but the hernia meshes, all that stuff, right? But those, yeah. those ones are very common. There was the, and, the HPV vaccine too. Yes. Um, there was fallouts with that. I forget what that was called. Yeah, well, and we just quick. talked about all of you know the different drug manufacturers that – the multi-billion dollar lawsuit yeah. over opioids. Gardasil, that's what it was. Oh, the multi-billion dollar lawsuit suit over opioids you know oh yeah um, i mean that's and that, it's not that all happened and it's know? not even just opioids like when you start looking into like all the various lawsuits of right. these big big pharma companies and stuff like it's for a ton of shit right and it has been 
these lawsuits are on record going back to like when they're first putting out all the different Zeke drugs, man. The one earlier yeah. this week from Pfizer. Yeah, yeah, and he's doing. Yeah, he's learning about a case study in a class right. that is about something totally different, but it's still the same company. It's happening all the time. And so I was also asking my uncle about um, the uh, the proprietary coding right on the outside mm-hmm. of of the mRNA vaccine, and he was like, "Well." It is proprietary to the point that, like, the companies aren't publicly released. Like, well, the FDA knows what, you know, what the formula is. Like, that's all fucking well and good. But the same thing applies then, that, like, I don't necessarily trust this administrative body, you know, that I don't, I don't not consume things that aren't FDA approved, right? Like, I don't live, I don't subscribe my whole life to what the FDA is telling me to do. And part of the reason it's because there's shit like vitamins and whatnot, supplements that aren't FDA approved, that are not regulated, things that should be regulated, that yep. are not regulated, things like Kratom that they are trying to regulate, that shouldn't be regulated, cannabis, yep. all kinds of things. Did, you know? Did you hear about the latest one, that NAC, the NAC? Right. I, right. I started looking into that today, and I'm like, holy shit, yeah, it was a supplement. Now it's technically a drug, and you can't right. – I can still find it online certain places, but like – it's so weird that they're going into these trial things, and we could talk about that in depth more. I got some pages pulled up, but right, and it's weird that I don't trust them to be doing things like this because there's so much evidence all around of them making what I would say are like untrustworthy decisions. Right, and it does not help when it's like, well, it's the FDA. You should trust them. It's like, I well, yep. I don't. And That's I, the problem. I appreciate that it is a relatively independent body in the way that people are not appointed at the FDA. From what I understand, people work at the FDA, mm-hmm. and like, so the president is not picking who like is the head of the FDA. From what I'm, from what I understand, yeah, I think it's um, kind of a more internal selection process. Right. I think um, as far as executive agencies and stuff they have a little bit more independence on who's running and who's not but right. again you know um, i don't i'm not an expert on the makeup of the fba right. fda structure my only point and just like i was talking about the last time we were here right i don't necessarily i don't I don't trust really any government organization. And so I'm not going to just believe this because, well, the FDA has the information. And so Mm -hmm. if it was harmful in some way, then we would know about it. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe that because there are so many things that are continued to be found harmful afterwards. Right. And that's where my long term question comes in. Mm -hmm. Right. So my uncle's response to this was totally reasonable. Most people, a lot of people want long term data because COVID is killing more people. And I've, you know, whatever, because COVID is killing more people than the vaccine is because people are necessarily dying from the vaccine. Yeah. More research and time is being put into what are the long term effects of COVID, not what are the long term effects of the vaccine. Yeah. Which I understand. But again, I don't agree with because mm-hmm. if we're asking you to, to inject something in your body, if we're mandating and then, it and then continue to get boosters months and months and months afterwards. Right. Yeah. And this right now we'll against talk- FB, FDA. You know, right. their advisory We're going to continue to ask you to get boosters. I think that it is just as important that I understand what the long-term effects of that are if I'm going to not only get it one time, two times maybe, because if you have the Pfizer or the Moderna, right, but now yeah. three times, maybe four times, five times, maybe every year if it's now going to be doing, you know, the yep. same thing as the flu, if we're going to have to continue to get different vaccines for it every single year, I think that it's important and reasonable for me to want to know what the long-term effects of that are you yeah. know that seems very reasonable like you'd it, think right and so i just don't i completely understand 
mm-hmm. everything that he said, and it all makes sense. Yep. But just like I think it was kind of consistent with what we've been talking about. And I'm not trying to mischaracterize anything, but um, like there's there's just more there that's not being talked about that I don't agree with. You know, there are things being left out here that I think need to not be left out. Yeah, yeah, because it's when you think about like if you think of the path of studying the long-term effects of COVID over the long-term effects of the vaccine, you would kind of be assuming that if you're more interested in the long-term effects of, you know, long COVID or what happens to you 10 years down the road, once you just get, you run through a cycle of COVID and you recover and everything's fine, but what does that look like on your body 10 years from now? If that's the track you're going to take versus studying the long-term of the vaccine, does that not indicate that your long-term goal is essentially more of like everyone is going to be eventually getting this. So we need to understand that first over the long-term effects of the vaccine, but we're not walking down that road. We're not talking herd immunity. We're not talking about that. We're talking about everybody getting vaccinated period, full stop. You have to do it. Right. And so at that point, why would your shift not be, if that's what you're going to force people to do. And so when you're not doing that, it feels very, you know, the, the red flags start to go up. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why are we studying that? If if our path is going to be the vaccination, all the research should be on that. Well, I was equal amounts of research probably be done on both. We should. That would be the that would be the best, most logical the, way for me. The administration loves multi prong approaches. Yes. So there should be at the very least a three pronged approach in which we are looking actively at the long-term effects of COVID, Mm -hmm. the long-term effects of the vaccine, and then also how long you're good with your antibodies once you've had COVID. Because like you said, this this is the third arm that people want to ignore. You know, it's the -hmm. the third nipple under in your armpit that people don't want to talk about. The ugly third nipple that that begs to be ignored. Don't talk shit about my cute little (laughs) third nipple. So I just, and that concerns me, right? And I, Uh We, I asked my uncle about it right as we were leaving, so mm-hmm. he did not get to finish his thought, right? I asked about long-term effects, like people who've had it, like that's not being talked about. So I'm certainly not looking to get the vaccine right now, you know, I said, yeah. because I, th- certainly at this point, there's no point, you know? And if we're talking about me Brother and, just got COVID, bro. and my wife and my kid, you know, so my kid's not even three years old now. And now we're talking about putting, mm-hmm. giving him a vaccine to like do that. And he was like, well, like, you know, he's good for at least a year, like, and stuff like that. And then we have to get up and leave. And so like, again, that's all well and good, but I don't, yeah. He's a child, you know, and people, children, are not the same as adults. They're oh, yeah. not just tiny adults. Yeah, like your whole it body is different. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so I am just extremely hesitant, even more hesitant than myself. I would sooner get the vaccine than I would give it to my son. Yeah, because you're willing to take the unknown Do you know risk. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know, and no one can tell me what is going to happen when a three-year-old gets it and then they grow up to be 18 years old and what the possible long-term effects were from getting the COVID-19 vaccines. No one knows yet. Nope. No one knows. No one and knows. And I don't think that's – not even I don't think. I know for certain that is not an unreasonable question. What is going to happen to him if he gets the COVID-19 vaccine while he is going through being a toddler, while he is going through elementary school, through puberty, into adulthood? Yep. What is going to happen? How no is idea. it going to affect those things? Yep. No one knows. What if he doesn't go through puberty? I'm not – and I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm like I'm not trying to just be like, what about this and this and this? I'm like – no. But these things, and as a parent, and I, 
I'm going to stop qualifying what I'm saying, but I, these are the things that concerns me, you know? Well, and that makes sense because what you're essentially doing is just pointing out a few of the unknowns. When somebody says, I am concerned about possible long-term effects because we have no idea what they may or may not be, and nobody can tell you that at this point because there's no data on it because this is real-time stuff. Can say there's so, no evidence of that. Yeah, great, great. There is no evidence of that because we're we haven't gotten there yet. We don't have the ability to do a long term study right. yet. Some of them are in process. They are they are, but we're not ten years later yet. We're not. This is not twenty thirty yet. Right. We don't have a decade worth of stats on this. We stuff. don't even have a breakthrough percentage for people with the vaccine. No. And that's my that, point. he was uh, he was also saying he was like that's bothering me. He and he thinks. He said that he thinks that they're definitely collecting that data, um, but not releasing it. I was not, and I was drinking, so I did not think to, at the time to ask, like, why wouldn't they mm -hmm. be releasing that information? Other than to just try and protect the integrity of the vaccine and the campaign of continuing to get the vaccine, right? But even then, you have to, I don't know. I don't know how you collect all of that data if people are not reporting all of the time. If you yeah. get it at home and you don't tell anybody about it then you don't know. Yeah. You know, if you get the vaccine and you're like, I feel kind of weird, or maybe I was around somebody who did have COVID. So I decided to pick up a home test and I did it at home. And then you test positive. How do you know that if you don't call, right? Yep. The only reason anybody knew is because I went to the hospital and got tested. That's yep. the only reason anybody in the state knew. Cause I told you, I got three phone calls and two text messages in different languages about, oh, yeah. about trying to contact trace for, for the virus. Right. Yep. So, if you get it at home, then no one knows. And so, again, I'm not fear-mongering. I'm not – and that's for YouTube, not for anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. This is for YouTube. I'm not fear-mongering. I'm not questioning. I'm asking a genuine question mm -hmm. of how do we know that, you yeah. know? Even if we are collecting that data, mm -hmm. it's still only the data from people who are showing up at medical centers with COVID, right? The same thing with people who haven't been vaccinated with COVID. If yeah. – if, if you got COVID, right, and you got and you tested positive at home with a home test, you're not going to go to the doctor unless you need to go to the doctor. You've yeah. already had it. You're yep. just, you know, even if you hadn't already had it. Yeah, I'm going to be more pissed off about like, you know, the two week quarantine and like trying yes. to run my life while I have to stay in my house. If and be I was able, up. if I was able to have purchased an at home test when I had COVID, I would not have gone to the doctor. Yeah. I wouldn't have called my doctor to say, "Hey, I just tested positive for COVID. I just wanted you guys to know." Yeah. Because you know I, the deal. I would have stayed at home unless yep. I needed to go to the doctor. The only reason I had a doctor's appointment anyway was because I thought I had a sinus infection before I knew about the COVID. Yep. <laughs> That's the only reason I went to the doctor anyway. So <coughs> I'm – I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the demonization of asking a question that is perfectly reasonable and logical. I and don't. It I don't seems understand like such why a valuable piece back. of information. Yes, you know that we are not getting, and we've we've had so many problems with um, the integrity and we'll just say the integrity of the data that we've been able to collect, um, because it seems as if the one thing the government is supposed to be good at is collecting data and making policy policy decisions off of data. Yeah. Um, I think that this last year has shown us that they are really bad at doing that on the fly. They're really bad at trying to responsibly track data to make informed decisions and inform the American populace based off of that data. Um, 
if our entire tact throughout this process from the executive has been, you know, if it was informational and, you know, suggestions type of deals, like, hey, we're trying to look out for everybody. These are the numbers we're seeing. This is what we think people should be doing. Our scientists are saying this stuff. We're just, we're, we're trying to be as transparent as, as possible so that people can be making the right decisions in their own lives. Right. But that's not the tact they've taken. They've taken the authoritarian tact where we tell you what to do because we know better than everyone else. And when something like this comes around where I say, why don't we have data on previous infections and antibody um, retainment right. and stuff like that? We, why don't we have any of that data? I understand it's hard to get, but like you should be, you have some data out there. I know you do, but you're not sharing that for some reason. And when you already have an antitrust bias built into that particular agency because you've you've proven to our to the populace as a whole that you your word cannot be trusted because you've backtracked on everything from the beginning. Right. You flip flop and turn around and nobody I don't know how anybody can put their full trust in this system. And when you tell me to trust you, I don't trust you anymore. And if you continue that tact of just telling people what to do based off of your correct you know, it's the right way to do it because we have all the experts, we have all the great minds. It doesn't help your argument. It doesn't help the, the vaccine hesitant, if you will, bring people onto your side. And obviously, we've talked about this before, the stance has gone from more just totalitarian, authoritarian stuff to like, you're now belittling people who are not joining your team and joining the side of what right. you want. And right. that, that makes it The division even we worse. were talking about last week. Yeah. You know, you're sowing division through this stuff, which is making people not trust you even more right and the moves that you make some of the stuff we'll talk about like uh we you saw the rochelle walensky overruling the fda's decision about boosters in um specific demographics um i got the story we could pull it up and read it if you would like yeah so because the last that i have here right is that mm -hmm. the fda had rejected boosters for everybody but it said yep. 65 and older and people with compromised immune systems should get boosters right so what are what is this story here so let me pull this story up here yes so you right now now we have mics on there we, there go. we go guys um so our from new york times the cdc chief overrules agency panel and recommends pfizer BioNTech boosters for workers at risk in a highly unusual decision, yes. the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, reversed a move by agency advisors and endorsed additional doses of the fire BioNTech vaccine for healthcare workers, teachers, and other workers at risk. So that, we're talking about the, the group of people that are being subject to the federal mandates at this point. Yes. And they're seeing what else they can mandate, hence the boosters. And... and the CDC director, who is an appointed position, yes. is now overruling the agency advisory board to make a decision like that. I don't. I would assume that the members that make up that advisory board are well, far and beyond more qualified than the CDC director, director Rachel Walensky. Rochelle. Rochelle Walensky. <laughs> yeah, but it's I don't know why she has the ability to do that. I, that that seems wrong to me. That because she's part of the executive branch. That which is f exactly, and that right there. Talk about trust and division, division and trust, if you will. You're yeah. you're 
you're now making it harder for more people that are already having a hard time trusting you. You're pushing them farther away from that. When a, an appointed official can overrule the rest of the advisory board because it's, she thinks it's the right thing to do. And I do just want to take one second and remind everybody um, that you can hear us talk about these things consistently when we are not live. Uh, we have our own personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Alfie on both of those things. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com. Also, we have our Salt of the Streets Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Our Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. YouTube, obviously, where you're watching us now, Salt of the Streets. Thank you. Leave us a like and a comment. Share us. Subscribe. Do the notifications and everything because you can finally see them now. We also have a Patreon, finally. Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. Let's take their shots real quick. Celebrate our Patreon. Cheers, buddy. Congrats. Oh, over the laptop, right? Whoop, whoop. <sighs> Definitely more cinnamon in that one. Woo, yeah. That's more of like to... a fireball deal. A little bit, yeah. Like a, yeah. I also want to remind everybody, ball. obviously, location skate shop. If you need a skateboard, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. No, you're good. If you need a skate shop, if you need a skateboard, location skate shop in downtown Bremerton. If you need a haircut, just like I do, I'm going to go see him Swell Blended next week. Instagram, Swell Blended. SwellBlended.com, schedule an appointment. Our wives are also extremely talented. And uh, Lexi Kayo on Twitch, you can go there and you subscribe to her. My wife also making cakes, leggings and aprons on Instagram. You can go there and find all that information. So Great names, by the way. Absolutely fantastic names, yeah. yes. I love it. Um, so I have... Uh, Cheers, William Wallace. Cheers. Cheers. William Wallace. Yes. My island. I have the YouTube up on my phone. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had the YouTube comments on your... I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to roll the... Uh, like I log in on my personal account over here to monitor what everybody else is seeing to there make sure. Um, so the big date is coming up, I believe, before next episode, right? Today's the 25th. For us. Um, second, third. Actually, so it'll be a couple more episodes down. I didn't even look at the calendar. But oh, the- October for our state yes. mandates, the vaccine mandates in Washington State for all the workers um, uh, mm-hmm. on the state level and then – on down in various different demographics all the the you know the vaccine mandate touches a lot of people in our state it's the 15th of october right it's the 18th of, 18th october. of october i checked it out thank you and that is coming online and they're at this point seemingly maintaining the stance that no if you don't have that you're gone if you're we're gonna hold to it um so we, we think a lot of people are gonna process. do the yeah and we we think, as Jay Inslee would say, we think that you know most people are going to be making the right decision. Yeah. And I hate I hate that qualifier. It's the right, right decision. It's the right decision. You say it's the right decision. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I think the unions, the massive amount of unions that are fighting the vaccine mandates right now, should indicate to you, maybe that's not exactly the quote unquote right decision. Maybe you should be letting people make their own decisions. Since your own unions are pushing back to you, eight hundred, eight or six hundred. I have to pull up that number again. Um, members of city staff or um, yes, state staff, the state workers union, have um, basically written out against this thing and are trying to file a lawsuit against it. Other various unions in the state are too. The firefighters, police unions, all over the all over the countries and in, in the vaccine mandate states, New York particularly. So, and I wanted to ask you about this um, essentially with the looking at what a lot of these unions did when like the shutdowns were a deal the lockdowns 
the various mandates that have been put out for other things, they had no, they really had no issue with these things over the past, you know, year or so until it started to get into the vaccine mandates. Now all of a sudden, like, police unions are pushing back, firefighting unions are putting back, you know, teachers unions have been fighting this thing for a long time, but we've talked about those. I don't really, at this point in my life, I don't, I don't give them any credit for trying to fight back now. I really don't. Because now it's like it's only affecting them, so now it's going to directly affect them. So now is their time to stand up and try to fight this in the courts and things like that. When, in my mind, especially the police unions, who were the ones enforcing all this bullshit throughout the last 20 months, I don't give a that shit stuff. that you don't want to take this. You were forcing everybody inside their house. You were closing down churches and shit, dude. Yeah. I don't feel for you. I I like the fact that they're pushing back and fighting against it, right? But it seems kind of like a hollow right. hollow endeavor to That's me. That's very interesting. And I wanted to ask you about your thoughts about that type of deal. Um, I had not considered that. Um, I think that's very interesting. Is um, it, it, okay. It, it is. It's <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, and I just hadn't really considered it. I've been, tr- I've been trying really hard to give talked about this when we were camping right i've been trying really hard to give grace right yeah, because yeah. it's and we talked about this last time we were here too because this has been such a difficult time yeah. okay so i'm going to admit something that i really didn't want to because i was very embarrassed about it before mm-hmm. i came here i went to bevmo to get this bottle of bsb right or to BevMo. total wine i went to total wine and okay. i was sitting total outside total wine total wine is a smaller company right um very but nervous way better than bevmo way better very nervous <clears throat> going to the stores makes me very anxious anyway the i've decided since the last time we were here that i was done wearing masks in stores i'm going to go into a store and not wear a mask and if people ask me to wear a mask and i will because i'm not trying to cause a scene i'm not trying to do whatever mm-hmm. right um and so for some reason this time i was just very very anxious about it you know mm-hmm. very anxious about going to the store i don't know i wear a mask i know wear a mask and i'm like very torn and i don't and then i became very frustrated with myself that i was so torn about it you know mm-hmm. and um so I know I just went to the store. I didn't wear a mask. I just went to the store. No one said anything. I walked past several employees. It wasn't a deal, right? And then on my way here, I was trying – I was thinking a lot about that um, and how so many people are feeling that because oh, they're yeah. afraid. You Social know, they, anxiety is at an all-time high. And they're afraid. People yeah. are afraid, you know? And if people. you don't – I can see how if I looked less intimidating, I would probably – come across more interactions you know Mm -hmm. i think there is a chance that a lot of people who work in regular retail stores would just rather not interact with me in that way because it could potentially be negative if i'm in a bad mood and i decide to pop off they probably don't want to deal with that Mm -hmm. you know so and i'm sure that's across the board but i mean especially for somebody who's bigger who's whatever you know um yeah so I don't know. You know, I, I'm, here's I'm a, trying really hard to give grace because it's very yeah. difficult. People are very scared in, in many realms. People are scared, even myself, who's sitting here telling people, resist, do what you can. And I, we said it safely so I don't feel like I'm being a hypocrite, you know, because also I still did it. It's, it's yeah. whatever, you know. But I I sympathize very much with the anxiety and the borderline fear that goes in with that because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. You yeah. know, you don't know. You, you never know. You yeah. never know. We've, we are seeing actively videos of people being kept in their homes, of people. Yeah. I told you guys, there's videos of people like in Canada being tackled in stores by workers there yes. because they won't wear masks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You never know when you're going to have 
that staff in America that's like, we are just fucking sick of people doing this, and we're we're going to do something mm-hmm. about it. You know, the flight staff, the guy was irate, yep. but then he gets duct taped to his chair, right? It seems a little extreme. I, he was irate. I'm not saying he was he was in no way correct, but yep. he was duct taped to his chair, mm-hmm. right? So you never you never know, and yep. so I sympathize with that. I sympathize to a certain extent with police officers because. Mm-hmm. You have a difficult job, but obviously my opinion's changed on a lot on that since then. Yeah. So yeah, what was it? A year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, you were looking at trying to be a cop. Now, so I don't think that's in the cards for you. Yeah. So and I, try I know, and, I know a guy right you know, now who is uh, who just got hired on in the police right. force, just got through the academy, and I am super proud of him for doing that. He's a good human being, and I trust him to be a good police officer. Yeah, I do. I'm still leery of it. Um, apparently, my little thought had some some waves here um jordan says very super interesting take on that unions issue william wallace as a former police officer i find it interesting that colin brought up that point and i know will and i have had conversations about this before because i'm you know as a former police officer um you know i have my takes on the police force and cops and things like that and I like to have conversations with somebody that are in that field or right like you know if i'm sure if officer brian was closer to us and we had more time to you know hang every out time him, i see him i try and about pick his like brain that. about yeah something not yeah. too obvious you yeah. know yeah and it's it is definitely an interesting thing to think about um so example um yesterday i yes. had kind of a similar anxiety deal um walking into a mechanic right i went in to go pick up one of my work trucks i was at the shop and there's no signs anywhere and nothing like that, which is usually like if I walk That's to the, like yes. if I walk to a gas station and they got a big sign right in front that says mask required, I'll put a mask on because obviously it's like, hey, they're telling me this is store policy. That's fine. I'm, yes. I'm into it. That's fine. Yes, because I went to the gas station right yeah. after that, wore mm-hmm. a mask in the gas station because it's a small individual-owned gas station, yep. and he had signs on the door, so I put a mask on. Yeah. It's like a I'm, very – you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. very internally complicated. It so. is very so, internally complicated. So I, I go to – this mechanic and nothing there it's a little industrial park thing open up the door and there's like an old lady there with a mask on and so i opened the door and i saw that she was standing there the proprietor of the thing was behind a desk no mask on yeah so i was like okay well obviously this is okay but i see old lady there gray hair picking up her car wearing a mask i'm like and it's a tiny little room i'm like i shut the door and i turned around and put a mask on and then i went back inside because yeah. I, and then as soon as she walked out the door i dropped it down like that's it's so there's so many more social calculations now that one is required to make as you move throughout your life the smallest thing by going into a gas station to pick up a seltzer or picking something up from the mechanic or running in to grab a bottle at at total wine now has there's so much you didn't used to think about it before you just walked in you took care you were more concerned with what am i going to grab than like what what am i going to do as I walk into this establishment, yeah, what choices am I going to be trying to make in my mind? And that just the anxiety, the anxiety is, I mean, it's, it's real. It, there's, yeah. there's no way around it. If you're having to make those kind of calculations on a social level, as you're actively interacting throughout your life, like most of the time when it comes to social interactions and choices people make there you, there's not a whole lot of forethought put through there it's it's instinctual it's natural some stranger at the store says what's up while you're there or you're looking at beers or something like oh dude that's a really good beer and you're like hey yeah 
I'll give it a try, whatever, right. you know. You don't think about it. It's all natural. Now there's so much forethought put behind things. It really fucks with that anxiety trigger in a lot of people. Everybody's on edge. Everybody's questioning everything. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody's liking what's going on. Right. It's a it's a weird vibe to be going out there, man. And the slot of that, I feel it's difficult to get over, right? Especially because of the more, at least for me personally, I think for a lot of people, when you start to get into like that cycle of anxiety, you re-realize like this is definitely in part social engineering like we were talking about yeah. from the media coverage from the way this has been covered from the way that it's been talked about mm-hmm. even my uncle was telling me we were at dinner he was like things were left out like there's yeah. this has not been you know the division the political side of this has been horrible and it has made all of this a thousand times more difficult mm-hmm. you know if this disease this virus was not politicized the whole deal would have been way easier you know yep. it would have the rollout of everything, the vaccinations, everything would have been way easier, yeah. right? And that's not to be like, it's easier if you just comply. But, like, yeah. the the legitimate divisiveness of it, of people who are in the White House now a year ago saying, I wouldn't get that vaccine if it came out under Trump. And then now saying, you have to get the vaccine or else we're going to take your job away. Yeah. Is a little bit jarring, you know? Yeah. So I remember us talking about this right when like COVID was first starting to hit the shores and there was talk about like the case in California and like this kind of weird thing. We had yeah, already seen what's been going on. It was over yeah. Christmas of 2019 that yep. we were like, yo, this shit in China is fucking wild, right? Exactly. Watching people fall in the streets, you know? And yes. Like, and there's different theories about that kind of stuff too, by the way, which when, when you look at like viral evolutionary biology and stuff like that, it can kind of make more sense. And you can't breathe for a week, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. You're walking around in China that's polluted as fuck anyway. Exactly. Like, oh! And then you all of a sudden, pass boom. out. Yeah. Exactly. I can see so how that would. It definitely can make sense there. And then as, you know, virus, uh, what is it? What is it? It's um, Timcast the other day, I want to say like Wednesday or Tuesday, had this amazing dude that was like, he's all, in, he's like super deep into like the, the science of rna technology and how it works and he's throwing out leukocytes and blah 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 and all these different things a very very interesting type of guy and he kind of brought that stuff up and it was it starts to make you think like about the evolution of a virus because all viruses constantly evolve just like all living things and they just do it on a much faster scale because their lifespans are so much smaller yeah um and like learning how certain viruses in the beginning are very very deadly they don't spread very easily and they slowly evolve to be spread more and are less lethal so that they're more virulent you know they could spread around the world and they do the whole thing and blah 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 now we have a fucking pandemic but i got i knew i was going to get sidetracked on this the science of the virus thing but because um, we're talking about social anxiety and Damn it, I lost the point. I lost the plot on this one, buddy. But that's okay, because Will's got another comment I want to read. Um, I'm uh, about to brave a few airports in a few days. It should be interesting. Airports now are a very, very interesting deal. I have a wedding to go to next April Yeah. for Papa Neil, and I'm concerned uh, at where we're at now, Yeah. mandate-wise, requirement-wise, and the trend that has gotten us to where we're at now and – trying to foresee with the with the current trends what that might look like in april so that's a tough this deal. leads us to another good government point right mm-hmm. because earlier this week uh jen Psaki announced that there was going to be new requirements for international travel in the united states yep. right so people flying in from the united states 
excuse me, and I believe that I have a clip for this. Oh, shit, I forgot to send you clips. Uh, oh! <laughs> that's what the technical issues with the pre-show kind of threw yes, everything yeah. off this morning. <laughs> um, I do have a clip for this somewhere. Um, but... <clears throat> Sorry, the new policy in traveling internationally is if you are flying into the United States, you have to have either a vaccine passport, right, or proof of a negative test within 24 hours of departure and also proof of purchase of another test to take once you've arrived in the United States. That's interesting. Yes. The proof of purchase part for proof the next purchase. one yeah, is very have, interesting. You remember um, when proof of purchase was like a cereal box thing growing up? You yeah. Send in your proof of purchase, and you'll get this cheap little plastic toy from China. Contact tracing. Regarding contact tracing for international travel, this is on the 20th. The CDC will order airlines to collect comprehensive contact information for people who are coming into the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, how they're going to. As far as, like, government concerned in that, in that industry, it's kind of weird how there is so much involvement with the federal government in all the airline industries because it's run through the the FAA which is a federal agency yeah. how they kind of get to set the vast majority of the regulations through that entire industry the so when something to it. yeah and they just do it because without the federal government I, i'm fairly sure that without the subsidies they get from the federal government we would not have the airline system that we have now it's, a, yes. it's very interesting so from what i understand um i've heard a couple of different accounts but i've also heard kind of once you get through security people don't really give a shit like once you're at the gates you know uh, as far as masks go i mean like once you get in into the actual gate and terminals and stuff like that people mm-hmm. don't really give a shit it's kind of whatever especially if you like have a drink or something like that that's always the way to cheat it you know yeah. just get a drink you know and just hold your drink like that's which is it feels dumb like yeah. this is a way to work to around, get around to get your it. freedom you know the only uh, place it doesn't work is in australia camps and that's in so, the quarantine camps you can't get away with that no. you, got, you got a mask down but at least they're mask open air, you know <laughs> exactly or unless you're in unless he's going to san francisco yep. then also you don't have to do that either that's one of the div- the division points that i have because now i'm just trying to take take keep track almost of like all of the weird divisional things that happened over the two weeks so i have yeah. a list of like um let's see oh carolina one two um, three four, lexi Cayo out there saying also a possible trip to putacana for her dad's 70th birthday so there's a big thing going there and which is gonna yep. whatever whatever they're requiring in ecuador you're gonna have to do there and yep. then if if it's not a vaccine you know yeah. if, because they may or may not i don't know what I don't know much about the Ecuadorian government mm-hmm. or really anything at all. So I don't know how lenient they are, how whatever. But oh, yeah. if they do or do not have a testing um, regiment, like uh, loophole is what I'm thinking, yeah. but that's not option. Yeah, um, Putacan is in the DR, by the way. That's where we're looking at going oh, okay. over the DR. So I just assumed, Republic. Republic. yeah, I know. Yeah. Obviously, my uh, South geography, American baby. geography is not good. <laughs> so, oh, Paul's here. I love Paul. Shout out. He said, feels dumb, question mark. And I don't remember exactly what we were talking about at that point for the reference there, but I'm sure we'll get back around to it. Oh, to be talking about ways to work around to get your freedoms oh, in yeah, an yeah, airport. Yeah. You know, it feels dumb to be having to, and, to do that. You yeah. know, um, that's one of the things that I was talking to my uncle about as we were leaving. He's talking about, you know, the only way that we're going to get out of this is if people decide they're going to get vaccinated and wear their masks when they're, you know, at least when they're in confined places and things like that. So because people my age remember 
polio, he said. And they remember people who had just got back from World War II that had fought for these freedoms, you know, having things stamped yeah. on their door, telling them that they could not leave their house if they weren't going to get, the, you know, yeah. this vaccine polio, vaccine. polio. So then I started to look into polio, right? So – Oh boy, <laughs> buckle up, baby. So right, and I'm not, I'm not gonna argue history because it's neither here nor there. But mm. polio, there is obviously not COVID, right? The, yeah, I, I don't know what the death rate of COVID was, but the rate at which it fucking maimed people and disabled them was pretty absurd, especially polio? yeah, 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 especially children, right? Yes. So that's that's a huge factor in this. Polio largely affected children. COVID largely does not affect children. Yeah. And that's not me being like, well, kids are the only thing that matters. But kids can't generally make their own decisions, right? No. Adults have their, can't have decision-making skills. Yeah. They have legal autonomy. They have bodily autonomy. So they can do what they different. want. They have different freedoms than a child does, right? Yeah. So I think there's a difference there when you're talking about a series of population of children that are being disabled permanently because adults are choosing to do one thing or another. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That may be splitting hairs. I don't know, you know, because he said he was like, I understand the, you know, the discussion of like people's freedoms and stuff like that. And that's when he started to talk about polio. And he said, mm-hmm. but the people who had just fought for these freedoms now yep. are being kept in their own homes. And I, I understand it. Right. Yeah. And I think the more I've thought about this, cause it was on like Wednesday. I think the more I've thought about this, I think that that's just, I think it may be one of those impasses that we were talking about. That like mm-hmm. this is just a fundamental difference of like this. Yeah. The freedom to choose means more to me than this because I think, and like we talked about last time, to me, the embracement of freedom is not safe. To be free yeah. is to is to understand and recognize you are not safe all of the time. You need to do what you can to mitigate danger and ensure your own safety within bounds of your freedom and other people's freedoms and make sure things are good, right? Mitigate risk. Life's all about mitigating risk. And that, I think, like I said, I think it just may be one of those impasses that, like, this matters more to me, that you need to give people the freedom to choose and provide them with factual, true information, Mm -hmm. subdivision, sans politics, sans division, sans insanity, so they can know what is happening and make their own decisions. And if it's the right thing, then they're going to do – if it mitigates their risk, they're going to do it. And if it doesn't, then they're not going to do it. Yeah, That's kind of like the approach tactic that I was just talking about. Right. If that was the approach of, like – Hey, everybody in the right, populace, this right. is how we know that you can mitigate your risk. You know, go out and make good decisions, people. You know, be free. Be great. Here's all the info. We're all doing this because we're the government. We believe this. We're going to step behind our own deal, and we're going we're gonna to be right there on the front lines taking this stuff. Please, please try to follow our, um, our guidance. Uh, not guidance, but like take – Take the, you know, look at the example. path we're walking. Yeah, take our example. Thank yeah. you. Um, and so that's that's the struggle. Right. Because um, what you can't do, what you can't do is call yourself a free country mm-hmm. and then give people false choices and censored information to try yeah. and lead them down the pathway that you want to. Yeah. That's not free. You can't, you cannot hold those two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. You know, that is, that Paul? is yeah. the definition of cognitive dissonance. You yeah. cannot call yourself free while providing people false choices and limited information. Yep. You can't do it. That's not, you, you must acknowledge that we are no longer a free populace yeah. if that is what the government is choosing to do. And that's what you're okay with doing. Yeah. We're no longer a free populace. We are now yeah. guided by our government in the direction that they want like a cur- like a herd of cattle yeah. some are going to get away and do their own thing and fuck them you know if we have a herd of 5,000 and we lose 20 on the way 
that's just the cost of doing business. You know, yeah. some of the calves get get trampled in the way there. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's not that is not how this should go. This yeah. country is supposed to be free range, right? Free we, range, yeah, baby. That's not. Yeah. You ever I, seen that movie Open Range? Yes. With uh, Kevin Costner and uh crap cartoon movie no 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 this it's a cowboy movie kevin costner i want to say oh robert duvall robert duvall oh probably okay great cowboy movie great cowboy movie but i like what paul paul asked you know who's truth and when we're talking about this and like we were talking i think probably before you jumped in here paul about that that kind of being the problem is when the institutions and the agencies have eroded their social credit score their their trust when when people don't trust an institution or an agency um, when they say here is the truth and then you try to look at the data behind it what's driving this stuff if you can't if you can't trust at the end of the day that this is factually correct because they're obviously hiding things or they're omitting things or they're purposely not reporting on something doubling back on things yeah like it's that tr- that trust <clears throat> is infringed upon, and then when somebody says, because we're in the area of post-truth, right? I, I, we've been there since before COVID. I think we've known this for a long time. Personal truth has been a thing for longer than COVID has, and so when people start talking about truth and facts, if you will, it's fifty-fifty whether that actually is the case. I mean, and fifty-fifty might be a little generous, but um, so that's like whose truth is the problem? That is that is exactly the problem is right. whose truth are you picking that up on are you only watching onn and getting all of your information from well just to just categorize everything right-wing sources that's going to be your truth you're that's the truth you're getting if, right. you're, if you only watch msnbc and cnn you're getting that version of it and then depending on which channels or which um which group you're listening to to get your information they have various other sources that they're pulling from that are backing up their their truth and that that is the problem we we don't know who to trust anymore right and do you just blindly trust the government i would doubt that's a good idea but i did want to bring up something that you were talking about earlier about yes polio and how essentially everybody got the polio vaccine and it was a great idea that everybody did yes like if you know, when the mandates came out, it is a fundamentally different disease, the fundamentally yes. different virus. And we use the, in contemporary times, basically most people's thing is like, well, if this was airborne Ebola, right. there would be no question. Every every person out there I would that hadn't already died from airborne Ebola would already have this shit, and there would be no questions. Nobody would be talking about something. But with the problems and trust we've had, looking at the data we have and looking at what this thing is, there's a lot more room for that risk mitigation. Right. But we're being, that choice of mitigating our own risk is being removed from us every day, further and further and further. And I am, I am sympathetic to the argument that because it crosses a very gray area that we've talked about a lot of your freedoms extend up until the point that you are infringing on other people's freedoms. Yeah. Right. And if you, if your choice to do something is putting somebody else in danger, right? I recognize that it's a gray area, it's but that's but that's also where you talk about kind of the the level of risk. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That that's why it's important to provide, and that's why I was trying to st- I try and stay away from the, 
stray away from the term truth, right? Because it mm-hmm. can it can go back and forth. This is my truth, you know. People yeah. say that's why that's why I'm saying factual information. Mm-hmm. Provide people with numbers so that they know. This is the rate at which people are getting COVID. If you are obese, this is the rate at which you're mm-hmm. likely more to get it. If you have these other things, these increase your risk factor X percent. You know, this makes it, it's this percent, it's this percent. Give people all of the information. Once the vaccine starts to come down, people are getting it. Listen, we're having breakthrough cases. It may be because people are hesitant to get it. It might be because mm-hmm. it's evolving for one reason or another, but now we're at the point where this is the, the amount of breakthrough cases. So if it's better if you get it because it will help us get less breakthrough cases. It will help us whatever. But you you need to just be providing all of the information mm-hmm. so that you can make your own decision. Because yeah. I feel very strongly that if that had been done from the beginning, there would be much less concern here, much less yeah. division. There is going to continue to be people who don't believe you, who so division and so misinformation from the very beginning that it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. But if you are true, if you are honest from the beginning you know what i'm saying you yeah. maintain that social and i don't i don't use the term social credit because that's very china that's very communist it is your your, your legitimacy you yeah. maintain your legitimacy and if you lie consistently like the trump administration did mm-hmm. right and now like the same people who existed in that administration that have been carried over yep. right so they didn't they still continue to the biden administration didn't get the reset that they were hoping for by maintaining anthony fauci who had lied the most the whole time yeah, right. you know that's great you removed the guy from the cdc who pretty much did the right thing you know from what i understand was a far less divisive figure mm. than anthony fauci was so what was his but, name? but you've it, it was uh he had no hair and, yeah. a, and a white beard and glasses. Yeah. 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 He looked, yeah. yeah. God, what was his name? And he has since come out and been like, yo, we fucked up. Yep. Like, we did some things that were not correct. Yeah. Redfield. In, Redfield. Yes. Redfield. Thank you. But instead, they have hung their hat on Anthony Fauci and said, we will never fire Anthony Fauci. We will not do it. Even after he's been shown to purge himself in front of Congress, he's Ooh. been found to be lying numerous times. He mm-hmm. has. We found emails in his actual accounts that are have PDFs of you know uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck that are that are uh, named. Uh, uh, you know uh, what I'm talking about? Research. Um, oh my god. Gain of function. Gain of research, function research. PDF. Like yeah, that's the like... name of the PDF. And then he's saying, no, we never. We, don't do we that. never. We don't even know. We do we, yeah, we never no. did that. You know. Not to mention reading Peter. Peter Daszak's um, 2020 opinion article at the Guardian talked yeah, about this it too. It just doesn't. He's the dude that's doing it, and he's saying, "Yeah, this is what yeah, we're doing." They did not get the reset that they needed, you mm-hmm. know, or that they could have had if they. Again, I understand maybe the concern of, mm-hmm. well, if we bring in somebody else, then maybe he doesn't have the legitimacy. But the dude yeah. you have has already lost all, all legitimacy. Of it. So he should have lost it in the 80s. Yeah, we should. He should have never. He should have been fired after everything was done in the 80s he, with the AIDS problem he didn't gain anybody he didn't gain any by a new administration saying mm-hmm. no we believe you yeah like that didn't because mm-hmm. and I, I biden was already such a divisive figure just for know? a minute about um the breakthrough cases right yes because that is a big divisive issue right now with a lot of people are like well why would i get the vaccine there's breakthrough cases left and right here for one we don't have the stats on it which is bad right because we should right we only know the breakthrough but, hospitalizations and deaths exactly and I think there's a video um, we'll have to do for uh, our first uh, – well, actually, I'll just show you on Twitter later about The View. 
um, when they're going to have Kamala Harris on the view and there's four people on the view that are sitting there, the hosts, and they get like this thing over the their mics and stuff. They're like, you guys need to go. We need to pull you off stage. Two of them had to go backstage. They had just tested positive for COVID. And Kamala Harris was supposed to be coming on and blah, Mid blah, show, blah. Huh? It was wild. But um, but with the breakthrough cases, right? Yes. The deal with the vaccine was never that you're not going to get COVID. No. Actually, it was presented that way in a lot of times, but like that was never the actual deal with the vaccine. It was so that when and if you got COVID, your the, the effects of that disease running through your body are going to be less damaging overall. Yes. It'll keep hospitalizations lower. It'll keep deaths lower. I, I, I don't like the people that try to make that, that disingenuous argument about like, well, the breakthrough cases, you know, the breakthrough case, there's so many breakthrough cases now. Why do I even get the vaccine? I can understand that to a point, but at the same time, that was never the bill of goods that we were sold right. with the vaccine. You know, I'm still a big proponent of the vaccine. I'm not a proponent about the mandates. I'm a huge proponent of natural immunity with prior infections. And I think those two things, the vaccine and prior infections should be looked at together and held up together as ways to to mitigate this mitigate as much risk as you possibly can going forward but the the complete lack of support i would say um for the previously infected really upsets people and it just sows more divisiveness and and trust again and i feel like if they were looked at together Mm -hmm. right especially because a lot of the information, the studies that we're seeing are not saying that if you have natural immunity, it's good forever, but yeah. that it's good for just longer than the vaccine is. Mm-hmm. If they're looked at together, you're going to convince, likely convince more people who have prior infection to get the vaccine when that time period is over. Yeah. You know, if they're saying we have determined that at 15 months, you have not enough antibodies to maintain immunization from getting the virus again, you could no. get it and it could be bad. It, it could, could not, bad. but if you get the vaccine, then it definitely won't be bad, you know, yeah. because you'll have X amount of protection. It will boost you this much. And you may even only need one shot because you already had yeah. the virus, you know, you're cruising. It's so the, it's the, it's the flu shot type of type of mentality. But when you stick with like your time, when you stick with, we just, let's not even talk about it. You know, the yeah. stick with that idea of not addressing things. It, there are people are smarter than that. Yeah. They see right through it. They know they they know that there is something going on with um, if I get the flu before the flu shot that season comes out, odds are when the flu vaccine comes out, I've already had the flu, like taken a flu test or whatever and gotten through it. Odds are I'm not going to go get the flu vaccine that year because I've already I'm good, you know, and then at least from my experience, generally and if you speaking, do, you I am know, good at that point. And then if you do, that's whatever, yeah. you know, but yeah, removing that whole thing and, and bastardizing it and saying that there's only one way to go here. There's only r- one road to hoe, and that's the vaccine. Vaccines are bust, you know what I yeah. mean? And that's it, which the average person understanding how they have lived their life and gotten sick over, you know, different years and shit like that, know that that's not totally the case. Right. Especially when breakthrough cases are coming out more and more, especially more and more prevalent ones because everybody – in like the media and on you know celebrity and stuff like that they were they were the ones taking the vaccine selfies blah, blah, chris blah. rock and then yeah i mean and then all of a sudden they get a breakthrough case people, it's like yeah. well that's 
Antonio yeah, Brown that was still, has that it. was still a deal. Yeah, Antonio Brown has COVID. Antonio um, Brown does? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Who's that, got Antonio Brown in the league? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he's vaccinated, too. I'm pretty sure that Tampa Bay is one of the teams that's fully vaccinated. There are a couple of teams in the NFL that mm-hmm. are 100% vaccinated, staff and um, and players. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It, I don't know. Yeah, It's very interesting. There's some things I want to talk to you about, like this list of, of – I had written the division continues. Oh, yeah. That's what I have, right? So there are okay. a couple of things that I want to talk about because I think that it continues to remove credit from these – I don't want to say these people, but this group that largely consists of left-leaning celebrities, public figures, along with the government, right? Because they're bringing celebrities in. I want to take this moment because we talk about this pretty frequently. I want to take a moment just to remind everybody of our social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Alpha on both of those things. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com. We also have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets or YouTube, Salt of the Streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. We also have our Patreon at Salted Streets. You can go there, five different levels, support us. We value everybody who's done that. Thank you very much. Um, if you were to sign up for our Tier 4 Patreon account right now, we would be reading your executive producer credit right now. Right now. Yes, the executive producers will be read every 37 minutes with our ad reads. If you need a skateboard, go to our location, Skate Shop in West Burlington. If you need a haircut... Hit up Swell Blended. He's right here. We talk about him every 37 minutes. Our wives are also very impressive, as I said earlier. Carolina is at Lexi Cayo on Twitch, and my wife is at Leggings and Aprons on Instagram. So if you need cake, you're in the local area. Deliver, pick up, all that stuff. So um, that's it. Divisiveness. Let's go. Divisiveness. Yeah. So I have a list of things here that I feel have continued to take away from this legitimacy that the argument of. And this is not necessarily the argument of the vaccine, but the argument of authoritarian control right of mandates of continued mandates further and further so the first one that i wrote is the met gala right oh the the, the, Met gala baby and i'm not even like the not even the aoc thing because that was it's just in general yeah but in all of the pictures right all the celebrities are exempt because in in california uh, any Thing like Hollywood, any uh, production, yeah. movie production, or anything yeah. like that is entertainment exempt. type yeah. deals. It's yeah. exempt, yep. right? So all of these celebrities are there. They're doing whatever they want. They're drinking, doing all of the shit, right? And all of the help behind them is in a mask. Yep. All Anybody the staff. working there, the people carrying carrying the train of AOC's dress, wearing a mask, right? Everybody who's working there, all the staff wearing masks. Yep. It was the same thing at the Emmys, right? Yep. In in closed building, indoors. Everyone's sitting together at tables, right? They're all hanging out. None of the celebrities, none of none of the big stars are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. All of the staff are wearing masks. All the people who work there have to wear masks. I'm yep. sure they also have to be vaccinated. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they also have to be vaccinated. Yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated 99% if they work for, sure yeah. that that's part of their, their guidelines. So everybody's so, vaccinated. Everybody that is a star um of the show yep. doesn't have to wear a mask but all the plebs that are making all of it happen have to if you need money if you have to work here if you are unfortunate enough to have to need money and have to work here you have to wear a mask i'm not going to though i don't need that shit nope i'm exempt i'm a star bitch oh my take is this is a crystal clear view <laughs> Come of on. what what movie series did I watch recently that I was super obsessed with for a while? The Hunger, the Games. Hunger Games. This is the capital. Yes. These and to take it so away far. from fiction for a minute, right? What we're talking about is the elitist class divide here. We yes. have 
you know, generally speaking, animal uh, politicians, will, right? animal farm. Yeah. Some pigs are more equal than others. Yes. Um, or some animals are more equal than others or whatever the line is. But yeah, we have a group of elites now that have always been there. Right. But this is it's never become more transparent now at who is an elite and who is not. AOC has been ushered into the elites, obviously, because now she's a powerful populist politician, which try not to let me forget about this. If we find a place where we can fit in, I want to talk about populism at some point. Okay. Um, mostly because I want to kind of ask you about like a theory issue I have. Um, but yeah, no, that one, 100%, the Matt Gala, uh, Met Gala is just, and they do this every year. They wear ridiculous things that nobody would ever wear that cost ridiculous amounts of money. And they make all the, they make all of themselves feel very, very important. And it's very important to them to pontificate on high while they're up on stage, accepting their awards and doing all these things to ha tell all the plebs how they should be living their lives. It is it's not different than what it used to be. It's just more it's in your face now. Yeah, it's a lot darker it's now darker. because the consequences of not being an elite are that much more severe. Yeah. So what's the next one? I like this. Um, the next one is Don Lemon. Right. Don, Don Lemon. Lemon. This in, mother... <laughs> in his transition to Chris Cuomo. And you could probably even find the clip that we could – I didn't get it because I didn't I think, think about it. I think it's in it, my Twitter. I'm sure that you can find it. Yeah, Don Lemon. And so I'll just kind of lead us into it, and then we can play the clip. Don Lemon talking about how now is the time to start shaming the unvaccinated. That if they're stupid enough to continue to not be vaccinated, then it's their own fault, and we need to shame them, right? And it runs in the in similar vein of of the woman from from CNN talking about how you know you don't have a Christina freedom Wong. To, yeah, you don't have freedom to travel. You know, you you need a you need to get a vaccine so you can be allowed back into society to do the things that you want to do. This is it. Yeah. So this is the clip here. Yeah. Okay. So let's blow. This so this up. is Don Lemon, and he's and this is, I believe, in the transition from Don Lemon's show into Chris Cuomo's show. Yeah. And this is CNN's thing. It's their handoff. Yeah, exactly. And I think all the networks do it, all the big yeah. news networks, yeah. because they're live twenty four hours. You know. Yep. So yeah. So they do a, a handoff from one to the other. So this is the clip here. Let's do it. Uh, this stuff. Nothing wrong with Botox. People don't it. know what they eat, Look, what they drink, what they smoke. I tried it once. Smoke. My eyebrow went up. I don't have it now. As you can see, I got all these wrinkles. Everybody asks me when I'm going to get you can eat Botox. But listen, nothing wrong with Botox. Clearly. But I'm saying, do people really know what's in stuff that they inject in their bodies all the time? And they're what like, they oh, eat? They what they what drink? They eat, what they drink? All the Stop it. Stop it with the ignorance. And we have to stop saying, oh, well, you know, you have to listen to people. And uh, no, you don't. These people are being harmful to the greater good. You don't have to listen to a minority of people who are being harmful to the greater good and who are not acting on logic, reason, and science. I had, the, I had an issue, I told you, Chris, when my family was here, and they were saying, well, I don't know, I just don't know. I said, you know how you got here to visit me in New York? You took an airplane. What is that? Science, right? You know why people live to be older than 40, 50, 60 years old these days? Science, medicine. No one questions that. You know why people, it, you know what, what is so contradictory about it? When people get sick, they go into the hospital and they say, throw it all, give it to me, inject it, put it in me. And you're going to pay a whole lot of money and you're going to tax the medical system when you could have gotten it for free and you wouldn't be in that position in the first you're place. You're going to question the vaccine, but you want to take a horse dewormer. <laughs> um, but look, here's the thing. I, I accept. Uh, 
everything you've just said, most of all, the idea that the majority cannot be healed by the tyranny of a minority. Yeah. Uh, their stubbornness has to be their own consequence at some point, And the rest of us have to be able to live life. Yeah. Now. All right. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. that was that's one of my I favorite first that clips. last part about the tyranny of the minority. Yeah, that's funny. It's like, wait, what? what? Did that's you just funny. hear yourself? Did you? Did, yes. What did you just say? Yes. So I have something. Oh. That you go ahead. You go first. Unless you don't have anything, because I have. Um, <clears throat> oh my, yeah, like where would I even begin on that one? Um, again, elitist condescension towards anybody that doesn't agree with them. The amount of for the greater good speak. This dude has obviously never read any literature that came out of the Soviet Union, ever. He has no idea what he's talking about. When you start believing that it doesn't matter what an individual stands in, the only thing that matters is the greater good, that's how you get genocides. It has been proven time and time again throughout history. And yeah, he has no problem saying that because he's an ignorant fucking moron who has no idea of the consequences of his words they're being spread around on there these cnn is where the garbage comes from that everybody has to deal with every day cnn msnbc same deal with fox news they're not immune to this bullshit either he has all the bullshit he has no consequence uh he has no idea the consequences that are coming out of his words by saying stupid shit like that it really pisses me off yeah it's condescending it is super elitist and all he's doing is telling you you're not as good as me because you won't support the collective decision of the collective group. It right. is, it's dangerous and it's ignorant and it pisses me the fuck off because Don Lemon is his net worth. I think I we talked about this once before. It's like twenty million dollars. He makes four million dollars a year. And this dude is not you. He will never be you. You're probably never going to be. Well, I mean, we will, of course. We'll be like him, but we'll be way better. <laughs> yes. So, that's my instant take on that one. Division distrust that's why yeah and that's that's exactly what i was going to say is that this is this is why people talk so much about breakthrough cases is because that part of the demonization of you're the reason this is spreading you're the reason this is happening yep. when the breakthrough cases matter they're happening we don't know what rate right because if you could show people it's another piece of data that would matter if mm-hmm. you could show people breakthrough cases are happening but only at a rate of i fucking whatever whatever you know if if regular covid these are just numbers i'm just making up numbers if regular covid spreads at I don't know. You have a 30% chance of getting COVID, but if you or spreading COVID, but if you get the vaccine, then only like a 10% chance of spreading it. I, I don't still know. Still seems like a good deal. You know what I'm saying? If you're able to, that's probably makes no sense. But if if you're able to demonstrate somehow that the chance of spreading it is less, and I, people are saying that, right? That's a, a common talking point. But we don't we don't know that. We mm-hmm. don't actually know that because we don't know what the number of breakthrough cases are. So we don't know how many people have it, how many people are spreading it. And that, that very well may be the case. But we don't know that. No one knows that. No one can tell me that because no one has the information. And that's... Yeah, Will that wants to know if he can post a music video about Russia in the chat. Yeah, I'd say go for it. Buddy. Do it. Um, we're having some issues with the chat on the actual YouTube stream. So we can we won't be able to open it up and play it or anything like that. Plus, we'll probably get a YouTube strike for that for um, playing you know, copyright. But content, yeah. yeah, throw it up in there, buddy. I don't. Yeah, go no, to town. no problem. Um, so the next thing that I have here is the San Francisco mayor, right? And this yes, actually it gave me. I think I have a, that clip and too. It gave me a little bit of hope actually in the end, and I'll tell you why once we get there. But the San Francisco mayor, what did you say their name is? 
Oh, I don't remember. Oh. I think I have the clip. Doesn't matter. So um, I thought you said her name. But the mayor of San Francisco went to a concert for Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. There was a video of her dancing and being up from her table and not wearing a mask. And so I was not irate about it. That's not what we're talking about this. But it, again, just like the Met Gala, just like the Emmys, highlights the separation of classes there because when she gets called on it her excuse like well i don't really see why this even matters because you know tony 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 was playing and they haven't been together in 20 years and i I was feeling it i think that it's sad that i think that it's sad that that's not getting more coverage and yeah i was feeling it and and no i'm vaccinated so no i'm not gonna wear my mask the whole time and i'm not gonna take a sip and put my mask on and take a sip and put my mask on right so Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the reason i got a little bit hope because i'm like they might be starting to understand why this is so fucking ridiculous, right? Why all of this has been so ridiculous mm-hmm. that the extent that some of this has gone to is so fucking ridiculous. Because in California, in San Francisco, yeah. that's their own policy. Yep. Remember to put your mask on in between each sip and bite. That yep. is in their public health documents in California. That yep. is actively happening right now. Yep. So that's what you've been pushing. That's what people have to do when they're not you in California, yep. right? So I feel like... And maybe that's false hope. I don't know. But it gave me a little bit of hope. I'm like, they might be starting to see that this is, it's overboard. It's too much. This is, it's way too much. Yeah. You know? And what do you, what do you think about that? Is it false hope? Am I too? I'm blackpilled as fuck on this one. No. (laughs) This is just. It's too late. This is just another. She just got caught. An elitist piece of shit who is holier than thou, who knows better than you do how you should be living your life just like gavin newsom who has no fear they have no fear of the virus but they insist that you should be fucking terrified that you should close your doors you should be rolling around in masks everywhere you should probably be double masking double masking went away recently i don't know if you've really noticed it just kind of dipped out but no this is hypocrisy they're just trying to cover their ass and make an excuse and they can they're going to get away with it because they are the elite nobody can tell them no they can go out and do whatever they want and people are going to be listening to them and be like yeah yeah but then they're still going to have the mandates out there they're still going to have the policies and the i'm not going to call them laws i need to quit calling them laws because they're not laws they're regulations they're imposed they're like a law, but they're just imposed on you. There's no, there's no, the executive yeah. orders. Yeah, exactly. But no, I am super blackpilled on this. No way in hell this is going to start a trend. I would love it to, and if it actually happened, I would. I will eat crow all day long for this thing. I will publicly post on Twitter just like uh, Bill Maher did, or no, uh, Sam Harris did, um, and I, and I would be super happy to be wrong on about this. But I don't think I am. Yeah. I think this is just an, another elite move to show. It's an elite power move to say I can do whatever I want. And there's nothing you can do about it because I get to tell you how to live your life. You don't get to tell me shit. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm bringing the room down. No, no, you're probably right. Crushing morosity achieved. This last one is going to take us into our next topic, unless you have anything else that you want to say about Go COVID for it. right now. Nope. So this next one is going to take us to our next topic, and it's going to be the border, Maxine Waters. Right. Oh the, yes. The images. <laughs> it's worse than slavery, bro. The the images of the border patrol officers on horseback allegedly whipping Haitian migrants. Mm-hmm. And it's good. You have a horse background, so this is going to be I've good been for waiting you. for this. So, I have so, been waiting all yeah, fucking. And we're week not going to like. This is not the main point of this discussion. We yeah. are going to talk about it because it's been such an enormous deal. That's but that's good, not. That's why it's a perfect segue. I yeah. Think. Um, yeah. 
So Maxine Waters, I'm sure everybody has seen these pictures, yes. right? And so when Maxine Waters gets asked about these pictures, she says it's worse than what we saw during slavery. Yeah. So there are no actual pictures of CBP officers making contact with the reins with Haitian individuals, mm -hmm. right? Just in pictures that look like they yep. are whipping these individuals with, with split reins, right? I believe is what they're called. Or yeah. just le at least long reins. They're yeah, just, just reins. Yeah, so... All reins are long. So... Well, most, yeah. Yeah, so Maxine Waters says it's worse than what we saw in Slavery. We've mm -hmm. now seen that the photographer who took these pictures came out and said that is not at all what oh, happened. Yeah. I didn't see anybody get whipped by the by Border Patrol. That nope. never happened. He said, I understand how you could see that or you could think that looking at the pictures, but that's not at all what happened. So there's been – I have a couple of different clips on this that we can play because, I mean, it – it made the rounds. It was, I mean... Oh, all it, of last weekend, it ran... The, yes. the storylines were Border Patrol whipping people on horseback. Yeah. Um, that Those were the headlines, and then they slowly started to change. Yes. Um, Joe Biden, you know, said that, that people were going to pay for it, um, and so... Yeah, they've already removed um, the horse-mounted... Uh, Border Patrol, they suspended that they're, actually, they're not yeah, allowed they're, to use horses on, anymore. Yeah, and those officers are on administrative duty. So yeah. they're, they're, on, they're at desks now. Yeah. Um, and so just to add some actual context to this, because I re-listened to Shapiro's you have episode on conversation it. up on your – I'm sorry, I didn't ready to go. you. I just nope. to make sure. I, I should get the notification when it arrives. Okay. Um, but I, I re-listened to the, the Ben Shapiro show from Friday when he attempted to talk about it. And um, – Again, had a, a, an ignorant take on it, um, talking about using the reins to uh, whip the flank of a horse so that it can, you know, maneuver and stuff like that, which yeah. is patently absurd. It can work, yeah, but that's not how you navigate a horse. No, you use the reins, which are attached to a bit uh, or attached to a bridle, which has a bit that runs through their right. mouth. And you gently and ever so slightly use leg pressure and the, you know, the, the, you, you move your hand with the reins in it to lead the horse's head one way or another to get it to move in so you steer the directions, horse. right? Yeah. You're steering the horse, but it's, it's kind of like a, um, it's a really rudimentary way to do it. It's kind of base level at the end of the day, you don't. If you're a decent horseman and you have a good horse that you've trained with and you're, you know, there's a bond thing that takes place. There's a trust thing with horses and stuff. Um, you don't need to do that. Horses are mad smart. It's, it's very strange. Um, <laughs> yeah, technically. I, I think horses are dumbass animals. But, yeah, you uh, know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as, yeah, the greater grand scheme of things, they're pretty intelligent. On a scale of animals. Yes. Um, yeah, ain't no dolphin, but, you know, they're like a, a toddler. Like you know? a dog or you something, can, you, you know? You can train them very well to, to teach do different things. Teach dogs buttons and shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, yeah, no. The whole reporting about all of this just drove me up a, a wall because none of, again, the elite divide here is, again, taking place because you have these established media institutions that push truth out there are getting it totally wrong because they have no idea what they're talking about. And they obviously didn't talk to anybody that knows anything about horses or riding horses. None of what was reported over the weekend seemed to be accurate in that aspect. It was, it was full of bad takes. Everybody had a bad take. Maxine Waters out there doing what she does best, getting everybody riled up about some, uh, would you call that misinformation or disinformation? 
Oh. It's just a bunch of lies and bullshit is what it was. I feel and like she's it's, really it's good at getting that out Like it's out misinformation there. until you know for certain that they mm-hmm. weren't being whipped. I mean, it's wrong. It's, a, it's completely false, mm-hmm. no matter what. So um, probably disinformation because regardless, even if they were being whipped by the Border Patrol, it's still not worse than what we saw during slavery because people in slavery were mm-hmm. literally killed. They were literally actually murdered. By individuals who had power over them. Yeah. They were whipped until they were unrecognizable from behind. Yep. There are pictures you can find on the internet of people whose backs are unrecognizable because they are so scarred from lashings. Oh, yeah. It's so disgusting. to in any way, and for a black person to in any way compare the images of slavery even, mm-hmm. not even the true capacity and understanding of slavery, but the images from slavery mm-hmm. to what we saw, the alleged actions of Border Patrol officers is a disgrace to her as a representative. Yeah. And ru- removes all legitimacy from her at any point in time. Oh, yeah. I have, the little that she had before, if any, yeah, if it, any. Should, should be gone. I don't, oh. there, there is no reason that she should even retain her office in the next cycle hard no but you will if i was a black person i would be deeply i i am generally offended by anyway because it's so counterfactual as As an american appreciates history that is counterfactual you are belittling what happened during slavery right what i will wholly accept is a black mark on this country potentially the black mark on this country right Mm -hmm. You are you are diminishing that to an unrecognizable figure yep. by comparing that to the alleged action of border patrol officers in 2021 yep. at Del Rio. I, it's ludicrous. And Will asks a question here, real quick. Will um, Wallace. He says, "Okay, so if you are trying to control a horse in a confined space, so yes. and he does quotes for confined because you're talking about." It's it, you see the in pictures between tight, tight yeah, spaces. Yeah. You're trying to correct, you know, make sure people don't cross and all this. Outside, but would you the... not have to jerk the reins to quickly turn the horse? Um, potentially, it, potentially, yeah. It it really comes down to a case to case deal, and and when when you, depending on what bridle and stuff you're sporting, like that, what your tack setup is, you know. Um, hopefully, you guys can see my hands here. If this is like centered on a horse, right? Generally. While you're just cruising, you're yeah. holding your reins. They're coming up through like that. You keep them centered. You move about that much. Generally, how tight your reins are at that point, you move six inches one way, that horse is 90 degree in, you know. And depending on how much training is behind it, you might have to give them a little tap, and they will know to do that because that's the training and that's the relationship you guys have. Right. It's, it's all just very – it's all so very it situational yeah, and i could see tensions high yeah you're out there like woof, woof. but again you're moving this much right. you're moving this much and that that's enough to like throw you off the damn horses it turns fast enough man yeah and it really is reports of you know that there were migrants that were like that would try and run away and so yeah. they would chase them on horseback to try and get them back they would yeah like herd them back into this group because you know, you, i saw a video from fox news um, after the government tried to shut down the airspace, mm-hmm. um, Fox News, uh, uh, I mean, legitimately just a, a solid single file line across the Rio Grande oh, and then a hard right turn down that dirt road and then just straight into the open air facility under, underneath. Open air overpass. facility. Yeah. yeah. Call that a I'd, facility. You know. Yeah. We'll look the at the fenced pictures. fenced in area. I yeah. mean, it's, it's the same thing as the one that we saw. It with looks all, like with the, the California homeless camps. Yeah. Well, and the same thing that we saw earlier this year with the, with the South American migrants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just a different part of the border, you yep. know. Um, just a different area. 
And I saw or heard from Alejandro Mayorkas they had 30,000 interactions over 10 days. Oh, and there man. was a maximum of 15,000 people in that one facility. Um, that is wild, man. Yes, there is since no more people. Uh, you do, I did send those two videos over, um, so they should oh, be a signal there. Um, there's two short clips that we can watch there, and this is um, Alejandro Mayorkas talking about his statements on the CBP and also Biden's statements on CBP. Fantastic. And let's jump into it. These mounted border patrol officers. You said on Saturday, or rather uh, on the 20th, to ensure control of the horse, long reins are used. The person who took these photos of the border patrol agents says, I've never seen them whip anyone. So why is the president out there today talking about people being strapped? So, so let me let me um, uh, let me correct uh, um, the statements in your question, if I may. It was on Friday. No, no, if, if, if I may. Um, uh, it was on Friday when I was um, actually it was on Monday, I believe, um, when I was in Del Rio uh, on the ground. Uh, and I made the statements uh, without having seen the images. I saw the images on the flight back, and I made the statement that I did with respect to what those images suggested. Um, uh, there, the horses have long reins, and uh, the image in the photograph uh, that we all saw and that horrified the nation raised serious questions about what, it, let me finish, uh, about what occurred. And of, as I stated quite clearly, it conjured up images of what has occurred in the past. Let me, let me finish. Uh, there is also a question of how one uses the horse and how one interacts with individuals with the horse. And so I'm going to let the investigation run its course. I'm not going to interfere with that investigation. The facts will be determined by the investigators and then the results will be driven by the facts that are determined. And just to follow up, please, uh, before the facts are in, is it helpful to your investigation for the President of the United States to use inflammatory language like people being strapped? Let me just be very clear and um, repeat what I've said. I am not concerned with respect to the integrity of the investigation. We know how to conduct an investigation with integrity. I served as 12 years as a federal prosecutor. There were a great deal of comments in many of the cases that I handled in the public sphere, and I know how to maintain the integrity of an investigation, and this investigation will have integrity. Secretary, I know you said you'd be looking into this, but the president was really clear today. He said those Border Patrol agents on horseback seen in those images will pay. He said it's dangerous. He says it's wrong. And he said there will be consequences. So do you disagree with that? Oh, no. Um, I, I know the president was echoing the sentiments of the American public in response to the images and what those images suggest. But I want to speak to the fact that this in investigation will be based on the facts that the investigators um, learn and the results of the investigation will be driven by those facts and nothing less and but nothing the more. Said that they would pay, so you guys are not on the same page on that. I think the president was speaking in terms of the horror that he observed from seeing the images and what they suggest. So. That investigation will have integrity, I can assure you of that. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Hey, so that, again, from a guy that knows a lot about horses, grew up with horses. To this day, I'm as I'm as comfortable on the back of a horse as I've ever been. It's kind of like riding a bike; never really goes away. Uh, 
what we have here is a lot of people jumping to judgments and making assumptions about how this whole deal works and having actually no idea how this works at all. Um, let's see, William Wallace, once again in the chat, growing up in Florida in the early 90s, being the only white kid on the football team, being one of the few white kids in my school, racism was prevalent down there then. Oh, well, yeah, I guess there's, yeah, racism doesn't, it doesn't care what color you are. No. Racism just cares that you're not that color. Yeah, and we have <laughs> That's spoken really what openly against the new definition of racism that calls into play the power structure and having power over another individual and classes, and um, we very much disagree with that. It's racism Terrible. is prejudging somebody based off solely off of their race and this, this is obviously not a technical definition, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, we in, all know what it is. Inferring that that person is in some way inherently lesser because of their race. Yeah. Um, which is obviously immoral. Yeah, 100%. Uh, something that we would not – the immorality of which we would defend to the end on this show. Yes. Um, and actively try to fight <clears throat> the left's active racism Absolutely. that is happening every day now. So my um, biggest issue with these – clips right and joe biden's statements is that he's a thousand years old um, but <laughs> this is true i expect from our president the united states president whoever it may be especially mm -hmm. as there is a active federal investigation going on into these events at the border yeah. to withhold his statements of saying these people will pay right that's terrible there is a federal investigation going on right now how do you know that these people will pay? Mm -hmm. Especially now that we have a, a witness who took the very picture that has sparked this investigation who said, that never happened. Mm -hmm. So in what way will they pay? For what it seems like acting within the bounds of the, uh, the guidelines of their job, right? Do we maybe yeah. need to take a look at the guidelines and adjust the way they're doing it? Maybe. That seems like it's probably a legitimate conversation. Mm -hmm. If you're knocking people down, if you're getting too close to people, there's definitely a conversation to be had about intimidating people with a horse, right? Oh, it's word. a fucking horse. It's giant and it weighs a it's lot. It's a fucking horse. It will right? walk right through you. That has been, especially when horses were still actively used in battle part of the whole jam. It makes you way bigger than everybody else, oh, yeah. right? That was an intimidation factor reading all this shit about the Revolutionary War, right? It was an intimidation factor by the British against American uh, against American citizens, American individuals, right? If you run up on somebody with a horse and they're a lone individual, you can knock them down. You can just stand close to them so the horse's chest is at their face. In 1776, people are like five feet tall. Yep. So they're all damn near underneath a horse, you know? So the... Uh, yep. There is definitely a conversation. I wonder to if be the horses were smaller back then too. <laughs> I was literally thinking that as I was saying, and like I, I wonder, wonder if the horses were also smaller. I don't Everything know. was smaller. But that's a very interesting conversation. Um, um, but the the fact that the president uh -huh. is prejudging this federal investigation into another executive branch, right, mm -hmm. or an executive sector, is is extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Yeah. And I don't see a way in which I struggle to see a way in which it doesn't any way interfere with the investigation, especially yeah. it's a predetermined outcome now, especially with the influence that we've seen Joe Biden have through this administration in the way. And we have another video later that will speak to that of just the sweeping decision of conversations that go on for long enough. And then Joe Biden says, all right, enough, this needs to be done. And they find a way to get it done. Right. 
we just watched it happen with the eviction moratorium. It came down to the wire, to the fact, to the day, I believe, that the eviction moratorium was going to expire. And they said, yeah. don't worry about it. We got it. You we know? got it. Don't the worry about the same thing the I Supreme told Court you said. a month ago I couldn't do. I got it handled. Don't worry about it. Actually, it wasn't me. It was the CDC. So it's all good to go. Don't worry about it. Wow. Like, yeah. it, it's – So I'm – I guess. That's important to remember. That influence is important to remember. Yes. When comments like this are made, and then you have Alejandro Mayorkas say, ah, don't worry about it. I'll make sure that mm-hmm. this investigation has integrity. You know, And it, it's strange because we are definitely in a new era of um, being able to, to prejudge situations out in the public um, from an, an official office, like yes. the Office of the Presidency or even – uh, maybe, you know, if Mayorkas makes comments or something like that, when they don't have a full fact of what's going on, the fact that there was an active investigation going on, basically the minute these things came out, they're like, all right, investigate, go. And for the president of the United States to come out and make a statement like that in total ignorance of the actual situation, it speaks to me more of somebody who's trying to get ahead and past of a current narrative and just put it to bed this is bad those people are going to be punished investigation is going don't talk to me about this anymore we're handling this we're going to come down iron fist you know taking the side of of the populist outrage and just running with it it's it's no different in my mind than um police or detectives coming out and um talking about an ongoing investigation while it's happening and assuming you know, putting narratives out there to the public that we don't have a full understanding of whether or not it's true or not. Um, you can look at James fucking Comey during the 2016 election, right? Yeah. Right. In, you know, the October surprise commenting on an active investigation right. while it's happening. I mean, this is something that people just in general should not be doing. They're predetermining an outcome and then to deciding to make an a an opinion statement on that based off of absolutely nothing out of total ignorance about the entire situation. Like I want to be more offended that it took place, but like you've said, this has been going on now for so long. It's just more of the same garbage that is multiple administrations, which once again, someone more fucking division, division, almost divisity. When it just continues to speak to the idea of, the executive branch having too much power you know oh, yeah. too much influence too much power whether because this isn't even a matter a matter of executive control this is just influence they're they're actively influencing the way people are going to feel about it if you're one of the people who if you're one of the horseback border patrol agents how do you feel like how could you possibly feel like you're going to get a fair investigation when the president has just said they're going to pay yeah why in the Go fuck ahead. would I feel like I'm going to get a fair investigation my boss my boss's 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 boss yeah just said that I'm going to pay for something that I didn't do. Why in the world would I feel like I'm getting a, a fair investigation? That's ridiculous, you know? Coming down with an iron fist, that's a people-pleaser answer. Hard yes it is. Ah! Yep. Playing, you're, you're sticking your finger out, seeing what the, what the winds are going in the populace and the outrage, and like, all right, I'm going with the prevailing winds on this one. Here's yes. something, boom, here's something for you. Feed the masses, go. Um so now let's we're the full let's, topic. Let's now. kind of get full yep, on that's in what here. I was just going to say. We're I want to lead topic. off with this this picture from um, an article from Politico that shows um, a picture of the camp.
why does it I guess I didn't have mics on so we're just gonna do that exercise one more time it keeps not uh, sticking Del Rio bridge right there there's the city of Del Rio this is right here you can see from the picture the Rio Grande right there in the back so everything just stacked right up underneath that first little area right yes. over the bridge I don't like the fact that it keeps shutting the sound off when I, I switch over to it. Yeah. So, this was a result of a few different things, right? Uh, as you said, 15,000 largely Haitian immigrants underneath this overpass. Um, as Alejandro Mayorkas said, 30,000 interactions over about 10 days, two weeks or so, and 15,000 people at the camp at the maximum because people were being shuffled in and out all the time. Mm -hmm. um, few months ago, I don't, we don't think we covered it as a whole story, but we definitely mentioned it, that the president of Haiti, Haiti was assassinated. Yes. Very sketchy situation in yep. which nobody else was killed in the building except for the president of Haiti. None yeah. None of his guards. And there was some nobody else. There was some weird stuff with what was it? What agency were they saying they were from? Um, oh, 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 DEA? Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. you know, it might have been a DEA informant that had, you know, people to work with before, blah, blah, blah. And they just, yeah, they assassinated him. And we had the massive earthquake there. Yeah, when just like a that? month after that. So yeah. there's been a power struggle there for who's going to be the leader of the country long term. Yep. There was another massive earthquake there that displaced a ton of people, apparently about 30,000 people. So that's not funny, but apparently about 30,000 people. There was also a bunch of people. Yeah, 7.2 magnitude quake in August. There was also a bunch of people, Haitian immigrants, that as these new Haitian immigrants were coming to America, there was a series of a number of older Haitian immigrants that had attempted to come here around 2010 when there was another, when there was the other earthquake, right? And um, <clears throat> that were living in South America. And so when this, when this new push from Haiti came, they also decided to make their new movement there. There obviously was a massive influx that was too great for the infrastructure of the tiny down of Del Rio to deal with the facility and the facility there. And so, there was also not infrastructure in place to mobilize 15,000 people or 30,000 no. people and distribute them amongst different facilities to process them and then try and expel them, right? Yeah. There has been a series of questions of what to do with these migrants. And before I want to get to that, I want to remind everybody that we talk about these things regularly on our social media. Are we sharing articles? Always things like that. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both those things. We also have our Salt of the Streets, Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our Facebook, Fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets, our YouTube, thank you for joining us on Salt, on Salt of the Streets, Patreon at Salt of the Streets. Go there if you want to subscribe to us and donate to us monthly. Thank you very much to everybody who's doing that. You can find all this information at saltofthestreets.com. Our Patreon will be on all the website posts from here going forward. Um, if you need a skateboard, go down to Location Skate Shop in West Bremerton. If you need a haircut, go down to Swell Blended. Hit him up on Instagram, on his website, schedule an appointment there. Our wives are also very impressive, Lexi Kayo on Twitch. And go to Leggings and Aprons on Instagram if you need a cake in the local area. So you just up. oiled that up. Fine-tuned machine, yes. dude. Got it nailed. So, and I think I fixed the audio problem. There was a, there's a hotkey situation. I just got rid of that. So we should be able to okay. keep that as we go forward. So I definitely have some clips, right, because there has been – some message to migrants. Hmm? I wonder what the fuck I meant with that. Yeah. Um, yeah so oh, see. are they, um, what is the messaging maybe? Uh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah. and it's the same. 
it's it's a weird deal, right? Because this massive influx, um, even as far as like the standard southern border migration issues that we've had that we've talked about at great length for a long time the sudden influx and the numbers that came in in a short amount of time was rather severe yes. i mean there that was something nobody essentially was ready for Thirty thousand. yeah that's a load of people man yeah. and just to show up like that man i can't i can't imagine what that must have been like for the border patrol people that were down there that were like Oh my God, how do we, there is a sea of human beings flooding across this thing. How do we do this? Right. It's a tough situation. So it was handled a few different ways, right there. And it gets very complicated. I did not understand until the last maybe 48 hours exactly how this was being done, right? Mm -hmm. There's a program, a federal program called TPS, Temporary Protective Status, that was extended by the Biden administration until July 15th or something like that. And so anybody, any Haitian immigrants, migrants, who were what is the difference is an immigrant if you're going to live here and a migrant if you're just here right now is there a difference no i think a, a migrant is just a different term of saying an immigrant it's, it's migrants um, it. yeah versus refugees i think is the big that's the difference you know the different status are you seeking a new life or are you are you fleeing persecution right i think that's the major difference so Haiti in particular and other countries can be designated for temporary protective status. Mm-hmm. So anybody, because essentially because the country is so terrible, yeah. if you live there, you can come here and you are covered and we will you know, allow you, kind of get you a process to, citizen, to citizenship and mm-hmm. get you everything going. So if you were in the country before, I believe it's July 15th, you can apply for temporary protective status. Obviously, if you came in this influx, that's not going to happen. So I've been very confused as to why they are telling people to apply for temporary protective status unless they intend on trying to extend it again, which yeah. they haven't done yet. But again, I don't know why you would be telling people to apply for something they're definitely going to get rejected for if it's too late. You know what I'm saying? If Haiti is no longer on the list of temporary, to protect, temporary protective status, I don't know why you would be telling migrants to apply for it when they're there. That's probably the messaging comment you wrote down. Um, or is this maybe, maybe. i don't know i'll it send just, it to you it all seems we'll like to that one anyway yeah. um, it seems because... like really terrible messaging you're 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 and it's it's weird right because the timing is interesting um, cuz it kind of makes more sense when you think about like the standard stuff that we're dealing with on the southern border as you know groups of people from you know the what do they call that the the something triangle the, the Southern Triangle. Uh, yeah, the Southern Triangle and stuff like that from those countries moving up. So like Honduras, it's kind of Ecuador. It's Honduras, El Salvador, and uh, what Guatemala. Else? Guatemala. Yes. Yep, those right there. Um, so but this is Haiti. This is Haiti. This is Haiti, which is a, no matter which way you slice it, is a sea journey. Yes. Right. And how, which is weird. How did all those people get over 30, there? 30,000 people. So That's a another, shit ton of people. I wrote something down. I was listening to NPR this week, and they said that – oh, I have it written down, and I want to make sure that I get it right. Oh, yeah. Um, is they said a large group of Haitian immigrants were found underneath an overpass in Texas. That's the way they phrased That's it? That's what they said. They were found we underneath found them. an overpass in Texas. So – Maybe the media the found them. Yeah, how do you find them? Like, what do you mean you found them? They started to amass, and you came up on a group of a thousand people chilling under an overpass. I don't think that's how that happened. And if that is yeah. how it happened, we obviously—and I've never been a build the wall type of guy. Obviously, we need something there if there can be a thousand people that can just gather in a group 
on this side of the border and no one fucking knows about it. Yeah. That seems... We've got a problem here. I thought we had high-tech solutions for this. What happened to this? Yeah. Oh, that's that's weird. Yeah. A large uh, group of Haitian immigrants found underneath an overpass. What the fuck does that mean? Right? So... I've got a great little uh, drone video from uh, the AP. They flew it before they shut down all the airspace and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean... Go ahead and play that, and then we'll play that. Yeah, and I'll talk over it, um, <clears throat> unless there's audio. Is it? No, I, I don't think there's audio. Um, you know, the AP does. They just kind of show text and stuff. Right. I'll just talk um, about another way. Um, that, <clears throat> and then again, forgive phone. me. I'm just going to make sure this audio situation works when we shift over. Yep. So play that. Oh shit! You can't hit buttons because it means fast forward. Okay, mic's going. Good, okay. good, good. Why so, not? The other way that it's being handled, the third prong about how it's being handled, and I actually have a couple clips that are going to go over this a little bit more, right? That people can apply for asylum, but asylum is an individual based on your individual status, right? And so if your individual circumstances are not generally worse than the people around you, then you can't apply for asylum, right? And because Haiti is so horrible as it is, as just a general status to live in, your life it's difficult for your life to be so terrible when you're from Haiti that you can apply for asylum because everybody's life is so terrible. Yeah, that so, it's because everything's kind of on a scale. Yes. And that's but messed up. But kind of. You're entitled to this review process, right? If you're able to make a legitimate claim for asylum, then you are entitled to a review process in which they take a lot of information from you. Biometric data is what they're talking about, and they give you a day to come back, and they yeah. say, we'll see you then. Which is something we've been talking about for a long time. Donald Trump called it called it catch and release, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. But there's been this undertone of Title 42 this entire time. Title yes. 42 is a health initiative, which Jen Psaki will be very specific to tell you. It's a health initiative, yep. right, that allows the United States to expel essentially everybody who doesn't get asylum back to their home country because COVID. And we can't have people massing here because it's dangerous, even though we just had... 30,000 people get processed through Del Rio and literally didn't test a single one. Alejandro Mayorkas said it. Not that work? one person was tested. He doesn't even know of anybody if they even had symptoms of COVID-19. We don't know. Yeah. You know, we know they're not testing everybody who's coming through the border processing facilities because they don't have enough tests to test everybody. Yep. When they have the test, they are testing everybody, but they don't always have the test. If you can't buy one at the store, they definitely don't have it at the border. That would make sense. I don't know. It, just, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's mind boggling. Clips, yeah, that we can play. Um, Man, that has to do. So one of the concerns, oh, clips are the best. And one of this has to do with equity at the border, right? And this equity became, became a big point of contention between all of many reporters. <laughs> that was a close one. Many reporters and the Biden administration because of the concern of the people being expelled immediately from Haiti, anybody pretty much single males or single individuals, they can easily send back to Haiti through title 42. So we're not dealing with this, right? It's also become a huge one of contention of how fucking terrible Haiti is, whether or not it even makes sense to send people back to Haiti. And I also, I have a clip about the morality of sending people back on title 42. That's very interesting to hear Alejandro Mayorkas defend. But so this is a, a clip about the equity of, Equity at the border. Equity at the border. And there's a little bit extra in there that I don't remember what it was. And then also the messaging to migrants that I don't remember what that clip is. So we're going to play I'm excited. This show is really professional. Yeah. All right. We're going to play these two back to back and then we'll jump on them. 
Go ahead, April. Um, Jen, back on Haiti. Um, I hear that, but digging in the weeds a little bit more, the process for Haitian migrants is always in this nation been different than other nations. You have people like Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, who's calling for equal treatment and fairness when it comes to the Haitians at the border. And overall, you're allowing Afghans to come in, Afghan supporters to come in, as well as Mexicans, and then Haitians are not allowed. Can you speak to that, the issue of equity and fairness? Uh, absolutely, April, and I appreciate your question. Let me just take these different pieces uh, side by side, right? One, uh, our immigration uh, policy is not about one country or uh, discriminating against one country over another. We want to end that and put and hopefully put an end to what we saw over the last four years. Let me start with Afghan allies, uh, Afghans who are arriving in our country oh, are entering yeah. in a sanctioned yeah. uh, and orderly process that includes vetting and security screenings led by the Departments of State, Defense, and Homeland Security. Uh, it's not about one particular country of origin, but we've outlined very specifically in here what those processes look like as individuals who are evacuated go to lily pad countries, go through security vetting before they come to the United States on a range of programs. Uh, as it relates to individuals who are coming across the border, wherever they're, wherever they're coming from, whatever country they're coming from, Title 42 remains in place. There are a range of programs that people who are in the country can apply for or may be eligible for, including TPS for Haiti, which is something that we still are continuing to look at and review. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of Homeland Security are constantly assessing circumstances on the ground that would necessitate a TPS designation for any country. And they've so obviously made a couple of designations over the course of the last yeah. couple of months as it relates to Haiti. And, and no matter whether it's the people who left, the Haitians that left in 2010 and traveled to South America and now trying to travel here, or the ones who left after this earthquake, either way, what is there for them to go back to when these planes are taking them back? The nation is in unrest. The president was assassinated. There are gangs that people are scared to, they're scared of. Democratic rule is not necessarily in place. The people are calling, particularly those here, Roll right so into the next one. Um, well, I'll, I'll start there. Okay. Um, so the the crisis in the border in Del Rio, we heard DHS say they're going to continue expulsions under Title there. 42. So what is the White House's message to Haitian immigrants seeking asylum? Is there a place for them? Well, I think it's important for people to understand a couple of the components of what's happening right now on the ground. One, we uh, extended TPS uh, several months ago and, and again reevaluated to ensure that we were taking into account uh, what was happening on the ground in, in Haiti. So that, I understand, but that does apply to people who are here who arrived before a certain date. And I think that's an important component of what's happening. If you're talking about the situation on the ground in Del Rio, one, it's a challenging situation. It's devastating to watch this footage. I think it's important, though, for people to also know that what we're trying to do is also protect uh, people. One, we've been conveying that uh, this is not the time to come. Uh, we have been implementing Title 42. That's not just about people in the United States. That's also about protecting migrants uh, who would come and come in mass groups and be in mass groups. We are also surging resources and taking a multi-pronged approach. We've been working with the American Red Cross to bring in, bring in much needed resources. We've worked with World Central Kitchen to bring in meals. And we have been expediting repatriation flights, both to a range of countries 
in South and Central America where people may have come from if they are can be accepted back and some back to Haiti. That is what our focus is on at this point in time. Uh, and our message continues to be, as you've heard Secretary Mayorkas convey, now is not the time to come uh, for a range of reasons, including we don't have uh, the immigration system up and running in the way we want, including there is still a pandemic and Title 42 remains in place. And these are the steps that we're taking in part to protect the border communities as well as the migrants themselves. Okay. Well, I actually, I actually want to give Jen Psaki a little bit of credit, right, for the way that she defended the attacks on equity, yeah. right? It's, <clears throat> again, it's a very, it's a sticky situation because the countries are so different yeah. and in regards to immigration you have to look at the particular circumstances in each individual country and i don't know i don't necessarily agree <clears throat> that this is the correct way to be looking at it right mm -hmm. because like i said the way they're viewing it is that haiti is such a shithole and i'm not like haiti's a shithole country but haiti is such it's so terrible right now oh, that dude. yeah that They'd it's never difficult recovered. it's difficult to prove you are under specific persecution when people coming from mexico and south america have a much easier time proving my husband was killed and now my children are going to be taken from me if we don't come to america right now yeah. it's a much easier thing for them to prove there so i have to give jinsaki some credit because it's not this is not an issue of racism. It's not because we don't want to fuck with Haiti and so they have to go back, but we love Mexicans and we love all the Iraqis or yeah. the Afghanistanis, right? The Afghanistanis, Afghans. the Afghans, Afghanistanis with AIDS. You know what I'm saying? That's an office reference. I'm not saying yep. all Afghanis have AIDS. No, the, but a lot of the Afghans are SIVs. They're people whose mm -hmm. homes have been destroyed. We just spent the last 20 years destroying Afghanistan. If there are some people who have a, a legitimate case to make that we owe them something, it's people whose home we bombed and destroyed and battled with people in the streets or were the cause of somebody helping bomb it. Like, uh, yeah. go or back and forth on this day. We, we just, you know what I'm saying? We just spent 20 years in Afghanistan literally fucking that country. I, I'm not going to compare Mexicans and Haitians and and Afghans and you know who deserves it more. I'm not going to yeah. do that. that. Right? Seems like a fucked up. There game. are completely different circumstances. Afghans are coming here under SIV visas, special immigrant visas, because we destroyed their fucking home. They helped us, and now they're like we made a deal with them for them to come here. Yep. Haiti is a different circumstance, which we have TPS that Jen Psaki just said. We're obviously looking at extending. Right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even hear that the first time. They're obviously looking at extending it. She just said that. That's why they're telling people to continue to apply for it. Because yep. just apply before we're done even processing your application. They're going to extend it anyway, and you're going to get approved. So just yeah. go for it. The bureaucracy moves so slow. Just go for it. We're going to take your data. You can just be released into the country, even though we didn't COVID test you. And everything is going to be fine. But also restrictions because COVID. So <laughs> they just... She just talked about this. The people coming from, from South America, like we just talked about, have a much easier time proving asylum than people from Haiti do. Yep. A much easier time, right? There's also a bunch of people coming here from, from Afghanistan with asylum cases because they, if, if they helped the Taliban and were not eligible for an SIV visa, they are very potentially in danger of being murdered by the Taliban. Yep. They've got a pretty legitimate case for I need help and I need to come here. Yeah, a very specific because, threat. Because of you guys. Because yeah. I helped you. So, but not enough to get an not enough to get an SIV. Yeah. So, or maybe I could, but not my whole family or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, 
This is an instance of not even the Biden administration fighting into divisiveness, but these reporters who are insisting because they because the Biden administration murmured the word equity, they are now going to be slaves to it forever. Oh yeah, you cannot. You have said a you thousand up. times equity is going to be in the forefront of everything that we do. Okay, make the border equitable. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Deciding who deserves it and who doesn't, you know, all these, nope, they're all the same amount of fucked up now, you know, or it's uh, Afghanistan is only 33% fucked up and Haiti is 23% fucked up. That, have fun. That's a rough road, man. Have fucking fun. So, uh, it's ridiculous. Who gives you the moral superiority (laughs) to tell people who are worse off than others? It's bad enough that we were doing it now, you know? It's so terrible that, that, I mean, but it's, that's what equity is all about. Yep. It's all it's all about who's higher on the scale than the others. It's all about the you know who is more super, yeah. superior. It's disgusting. And yeah, when it, when it when it when you have to apply equity to the southern border, I love the way you put that. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> you wanted it, you got it. Fix it. Yeah. And the really sad thing that. is too, I mean, there's there's a large group of people that live in, like American citizens that live right there that are now going to be dealing with this. I mean, it's, it's very, I don't know how many of the, I have a hard time not calling them refugees, right? But we're getting into weird definitional, definitional games, um, semantic arguments and whatnot about it, what it really means. But I mean, these people, like Haiti's been a rough spot, man, for a long time. The, what was it? The, uh, there was that originally, Years back, there was an earthquake and then tsunami type deal, right? Is yeah. that what the original kind of yeah, big one 2010. was? And and then another massive earthquake and stuff like this. It's like they can't catch a break in Haiti, man. And they have massive government problems and corruption problems and gang problems and all this stuff. Tough spot on the globe, right? That's a really shitty deal of the fucking um, what do you call that when you the the birthing lottery or whatever it is like when you are born into a rough place like haiti you got no control over that man and now you're just stuck there um yeah i don't know how to do that man because the morality says you should probably figure out a way to get these people to allow these people in here or i i didn't know lily pad countries was a term but when you think yes. about, yeah, okay, so like we're not going to let you in right now. You got, we're going to fly you back down to, you know, South America, South America, yep. and you're going to wait there while they do the background check. They all do this stuff, and then once they've cleared you and we've cleared it with them, then we'll allow you in under whatever status it is that Which you're is applying for or whatever it is. Interesting because it's eerily similar to the wait in Mexico policy from Donald Trump. It's the same right? deal. Yeah, it's the and, same deal. And the I have another clip on this because the Biden administration is very. Uh, intent on you know drawing a distinction between their policy and the trump administration policy even though no substantial immigration policy has changed since joe biden came into office you know other than what they retracted the uh they called the muslim ban is what they called it so like that's that was retracted right but i mean uh, there are very very few substantial things probably no legitimately substantial things have changed through the immigration system because they have come to the realization finally after sitting on their soapbox for the last nine months that they actually can't change anything in the immigration system and that legislation needs to be passed. Yep. 
<clears throat> and there is no way in hell Congress is ever going to write any kind of substantial immigration legislation on its own. Right. Cause there was some thrown in there in the latest thing. Now, right, where they tried to <clears> – <throat> the Democrats tried to take immigration reform and put it into the budget. Yep. And try and the make it a budget bill. reconciliation thing. And the, the Senate parliamentarian was like, absolutely not. Uh, hard not only is this not part of the budget, there's no way it's going to be budget neutral for you to change all these things and add all these yep. – because uh, you're definitely talking about border security if you're going to add these things to the border, yeah. right? And now you have people like Crystal Ball who are saying, oh, you're allowing an, unaffected an unelected official to get in the way of immigration reform when in reality yep. this is – an opportunity opportunity is a, a horrible word because the democrats will never take it right yeah. but this is a circumstance nope it's an opportunity it's a it's a blown opportunity by the democrats that's exactly what it is i'm calling it right now to craft a piece of bipartisan legislation with the republican party that has already actively said that it is willing immigration reform is on the table there was the last government shutdown was over immigration reform. Yep. They had agreements and everything until Nancy Pelosi said, "No, fuck that. We're not doing it." Yep. Right? That that just happened two years ago. Yeah. They had this fight and agreements on the table for Republicans and Democrats. Money for the border, immigration reform, pathway to citizenship for DACA. What are we doing? What are we talking about here? This is the only way that we could get it done. Joe Manchin was in the way, and so was Kirsten Cinema, and now we're fucked, and we can't get it done. That is absolute bullshit yep we two years ago there was a full agreement on it what are we talking about right now yeah what are we talking about here it's ridiculous because yep. it's not about immigration reform. It's <clears throat> oh no really not no and that's and that's the sad thing because this is a we've been talking about the problems on the southern border now four years i think it was it's probably one of the original topics we started talking about once we started doing the podcast. I mean, it's been here since we've been doing this thing. Nothing has fundamentally changed. Nothing has fundamentally changed about it. Some, you know, there was some wall stuff that was built up and then, you know, there was some talk about the Flores agreement and, you know, there was that piece of legislation that got drafted and ultimately got pulled, but nothing substantial has changed as far as legislation and, you know, substantial immigration reform there isn't and yeah crystal ball on breaking points um almost said rising again but um she has become a full-blown authoritarian a full-blown big government you know authoritarian who believes that republicanism is a disease and popular democracy should be the way to go and it doesn't matter what everybody else says we shouldn't have some unelected bureaucrat tell you that you need you can't have this immigration reform in there because she wants it so desperately she's willing to just say screw federalism screw the republic this is not how this should work it's over and i'm oh the ignorance behind that bro i cannot stand what that show has become anymore it's so it's really disappointing it's become so bad i can't even I can't even, and I, I think it's because she's been hanging out with Kyle Kalinske too long, filling her head with all this socialist nonsense and authoritarianism. Um, but no, I don't know. It's a, it's a massive problem. It's still a massive problem. These problems are not going to go away anytime soon until something is done. Right. And there doesn't seem to be any appetite for it whatsoever. I guarantee you that right now, if you pulled the same exact legislation that they were all about two years ago, it you wouldn't have the same 
voting alignment on it as he did two years ago. Right. Mind you, there was an election in between now, and there's different people in the chairs, but the entire congressional landscape has totally changed. And I would say you probably would not be able to pass that now, given the makeup of Congress and the Senate. They just I don't see it. And we're just going to continue to do this, and now we have a more ineffective portion of the border because you're removing um, their their ability to to move around that landscape. You know, a horse a horse mounted border patrol agent in that area is going to be a hundred times more effective on the back of a horse than he would be in a four-wheeler or on foot or in a jeep or whatever new york has even said people's lives had already been saved by these agents before oh, yeah. by these very horses lives had already guarantee been guarantee it yeah guarantee it but you know we what did biden say we're going they're going to be punished yep they will pay they will pay they, they will pay but they will pay Man, I, I do not know how you don't have, you know, how there's been a hemorrhage of people leaving the police force and various other institutions and things like that as the mandates come along, as all this insane authoritarianism has taken hold. I don't know why there's not people in the Border Patrol that have been being bastardized now for years and years and years. I don't know why they're not just picking up stakes saying, screw this, you guys have at it. I literally can't do anything right. Yeah. I'm out. I don't know why that's not happening, but I don't know, bro. It's it's tough not to be black black pilled left and right today. There's there's too much too much bad shit going on. Yeah. And no willingness to try to solve anything. You're just trying to get ahead of the news cycle so you can move on to the next, you know, tragedy that's gonna befall us somewhere. The next what's the right word I'm looking for? You know, the next problem that pops up. Yeah. You know, it's 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 all it's all terrible. I don't know what we do about this at this point. Um, but yeah, now we have a bunch of people that have been released into the interior on the catch and release program, for lack of a better term. And we and, don't even have the full yeah. numbers. Alejandro Mayorkas had some numbers um, of people who had left the country. About 2,000 people have been expelled from the country. Haitians have been expelled from here. There's about 12,000 people look like they're going to be processed through what they're now calling removal proceedings right mm -hmm. um which is when you're being looked at for these different statuses title 42 or not not title 42 tps um asylum because there's also these exemptions from title 42 that alejandro mayorkas laid out that's like um i have them here just one second Let's see um immediate medical need capacity issue issues which is exactly what they're dealing with right which capacity. is one reason you wouldn't be expelled under title 42 um or torture if you are if you are subject to torture if you're going to go back that apparently has its own special yeah. category but those are the three reasons <clears throat> that you wouldn't be immediately expelled from the country and then you would also have the opportunity at that point to when you're being processed to apply for asylum tps things like that so i just sent you two clips there um the mass expulsion of people at the border um, and this has to do with, <clears throat> excuse me, the comparison, like I was talking about, between the Biden administration policy and the Trump administration policy. Mm -hmm. They're trying to draw a distinction there that doesn't really exist. Um, and then 
There's one that's about to come through that has to do with them deciding who gets to stay and who has to go, and then also who actually has the migrant numbers, because Mm. there was this back and forth for a long time between Alejandro Mayorkas and Jen Psaki of who had the numbers of exactly what was happening with everybody at the border. Um, And it wasn't until Alejandro Mayorkas came on this briefing yesterday that he was actually able to lay out figures for everybody of what had happened. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. So before we jump into that, um, this is a really nice little tidbit here from Will. Um, I will say, having been at the same training center that the CBP is trained at, they had the most numbers. They have the most number of training facilities. The general attitude of CBP is train them up, chum them out. So they apparently there's just get them in, get them back, get them on the border, get them in, get them on the border, get them in, get them on the border. Bro, if I could roll around in a CBP uniform riding a horse all day, I would seriously consider that. Yeah. That would be legit. That would be one area of law enforcement I wouldn't have a problem with, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, let's, uh, let's get into these clips here. Yes. Exciting times. And especially now that when I hit uh, show desktop, uh, we have nice audio. And we've heard from Democrats on Capitol Hill, too, who say they're really against these mass deportations. The White House still stands behind the mass deportations. They, you still view them as humane? First of all, they're not deportations. People are not coming into the country through legal uh, methods. And again, our policy process has continued to be the same with Haiti as it is for anybody coming through an irregu- for the irregular migration across our border. I'd note, as I did yesterday, that as we've applied our border restrictions, as we've applied our immigration policies, there were more than 90,000 people uh, who uh, departed the country, who, tried, who attempted to cross our border in the month of August. That was even before we saw the horrible photos uh, that we saw of people gathering under the bridge. There is a process that is in place as people, whether they're coming from Haiti or any part of the world, uh, goes through. Go ahead. But Jen, we haven't yet heard recently uh, from President Biden specifically about these yeah, images the uh, on the border. Yes. You have described him as saying that they're horrible, but what does he believe the, of the comparisons being made between his administration and the Trump administration? We saw Congresswoman Maxine Waters just at today saying this is Trump's policy. Several other Democrats are saying this looks like the previous administration. What does he think of those comments? What our role is and what the president has asked uh, his outreach team, members of his national security team, homeland security team to do, is to explain clearly what our policy is and what our policy is not. We could not see it as any more different from the policy of the prior administration, which the president feels, we all feel, was inhumane, immoral, ineffective, uh, not operationally, wasn't operationally working. And because of the dysfunction uh, of it, uh, we, we have led to a very broken system that we're dealing with today. So what he has asked all of us to convey clearly to people who are understandably have questions, are passionate, are concerned, as we are about the images that we have seen, is one, we feel those images are horrible and horrific. There is an investigation the President certainly supports overseen by this, the Department of Homeland Security, which he has conveyed will, uh, will happen quickly. I can also convey to you that the Secretary also conveyed to civil rights leaders earlier this morning that we would no longer be using horses in Del Rio. Uh, so that is something, a policy change that has Take been made in response. 
Damn. But separately, all related, it's also important for people to understand what our process and our immigration process is and what the steps are that are taken. We are still under Title 42 because we are in a global pandemic. So we are still operationalizing that. If people are not, um, are, are not expelled under that, then they are, uh, there are a range of options. Either they are uh, put into a, uh, an alternative to detention where, they, where biometric data is required, they are required to, uh, they are given a notice to data. appear, uh, or they are given, uh, or they are put in an ICE facility. This is the process that is ongoing and has happened for every other migrant who has attempted to come irregularly across the border. Yeah. Rolling the next one. Yep. Let's do uh, it. Thank you, Jen. Just following up on this very basic but very important question, mm -hmm. you're telling us that Get the DHS chief has the most recent numbers about how many of these Haitians under the bridge have been sent back and how many have been released into the U.S. The DHS chief is telling us that he doesn't know. So who else can we ask? You can certainly ask the Department of Homeland Security. I am Again. confident, Peter. I am confident you wanted to have the most up-to-date numbers, and we will venture to get you those, I promise you, this afternoon. Is this Bullshit. an issue of not knowing, or is this an issue of a lot more people are being released into the U.S. than are being sent out? That is certainly not the issue. First, I think it's important to reiterate what I conveyed earlier about uh, what the actual process is. Uh, individuals are expelled under Title 42. If they can't be expelled under Title 42, they are put into a removal process. If they are put into a removal process, they're either transported to an ICE facility or released with a legal document. That legal document includes fingerprints, photos, phone numbers, an address in the United States, and a background check. That's the process that transpires. That's a part of our immigration process, regardless of where you're coming from. And just because you keep using Title 42 to defend this administration's immigration policies, that is a Trump-era regulation. You guys came in saying that the Trump-era immigration policy was very inhumane. Title 42 is not an immigration policy. It is a, it is a health authority because we're in the middle of a pandemic. The Trump administration approach to immigration was inhumane and was immoral. It's That's why same. we need to put a new policy in place, and we need Congress to pass that policy. Unified control, democratic control of Congress. Many months in office, you have not even tried. Uh, that's not actually true. There's been a Peter, just to, just factual here. There's okay. been there's been a bill proposed first day in office. Currently, it was proposed as a part of steps were proposed as part of the reconciliation process. Right, the parliamentarian rejected that proposal. They're going back and proposing new options. President supports that. He would like to see immigration reform pass into law, more humane processes. Okay. Okay. I don't. So I, there's a, bit, a lot of talk about this biometric data, real quick. So I just wanted to Google what biometric data is. Yes. What do you think? What do you, what do you think of when you hear biometric data? Maybe your fingerprints. Um, so just according to uh, good old-fashioned Wikipedia here, biometrics are body measurements and calculations related to human characteristics. Body metric like authentication. It certainly could be. I think. Um, I think also fingerprints would Eye definitely color, go with that. Hair color, yep. things like that. Um, oh, retinal okay. scans. Uh, I mean, that could be, you know, biometric data. But no COVID test, you know. And this. yeah, biometric authentication in, is used in computer science as a form of identification and access control. It is also used to identify individuals in groups that are under surveillance. So, wow. 
you know, I've always had this kind of weird feeling about uh, <laughs> Will says going to CBP is a terrible idea. Okay, good, because I'm not really going to do that. Um, but yeah, ever since it's, it feels real minority reporting, you know, this biometric data. We had issues with the Taliban getting a hold of biometric data of soldiers and SIVs and, and our allies and stuff over in Afghanistan during that time. And it was like, well, what really does that constitute? Seems pretty legit. Yeah, it's like a a, a data driven form of identification, um, which I could see if you're going to be operating um, off of colloquially a, a catch and release immigration thing. If you're getting biometric data, that means in the surveillance state that is to come, it's easy to find people that way. You can yeah. confirm their identity much easier. But um, on, our, on our social media, we have pictures there that you could confirm some of our biometric data. You could find that. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Collins at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. Love the way you put you that. You can find all this on our website, saltofthestreets.com, where we also have our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, our YouTube. Thank you for joining us at YouTube, Salt of the Streets. We have our Facebook, fuck Facebook, Salt of the Streets, and also our Patreon, Patreon slash Salt of the Streets. You can find all that information right there. Um, if you need a haircut. Going to go down to Swell Blended. He's out there and sign up at uh, swellblended.com. An appointment there or his Instagram. You can see some of his work. There's also a picture of me on there, so that's Whoop. nice. Um, if you need a skateboard, go down to Location Skate Shop in West Bremerton. Uh, our wives are also very talented, so if you want to watch some Twitch, go to Lexi Kayo on Twitter. If you need a cake or a baked good, leggings and aprons on Twitter. Boom. Fantastic. So we have two more clips. Uh, one of my orcas. And it looks like uh, some more questions. I can't tell if that's my orcas yeah, or not. Yeah, so this has to do with the morality of expelling Haitians. Like I was talking about, mm -hmm. he got asked about the morality. And this other one is policy contradictions. Policy contradictions, yeah, but with Title 42. So you can even play that one first because that has to do kind of with the Biden administration thing that they said some mm -hmm. more heat that they're taking over equity and things like that. So Love it. Bear with me because this is moving pieces. But with the asylum. There are people, uh, advocates, immigrant, immigration advocates, especially for the, uh, advocating for the Haitian migrants right now, they're saying that this administration is breaking UN policies and its own policies by moving people out before allowing them to ask for asylum. Is that the case? First of all, April, what we are doing, one, Haiti has temporary protected status for people who arrived here before July 29th. That is not a status no. that most other people who are migrate, irregularly migrating from other countries have. As individuals, as we go through this process, as I outlined just a few minutes ago, uh, individuals who cannot be expelled under Title 42, a range of reasons why they not, may not be able to be, those individuals are placed into removal proceedings. That is where the process would take place, where they would apply for a variety of programs. Uh, while they're in that process, they are required to also provide biometric and biographic information and data. So that's how the process works. Uh, what is important for people to know and understand is that this is how our immigration and border requirements apply to everyone, whether they're coming from Haiti or any country in South or Central America. We have Africans as well that you said there are people from other places, but you have Africans, Cameroonians, Ugandans, and Senegalese who are coming to that border as well. What happens with them as, as they are looking for asylum? Do you lump them into the same category with the Haitians that are at the border, be it Del, Del Rio or wherever? I think the, the point I'm making, April, and then we just have to move on yeah. to get to more people, is that anyone who's coming from anywhere, 
uh, I, if there's temporary protected status for their country, as there are for Haitians who arrived before July, that they can apply through that program. If they're coming from other countries where we don't have that status, then they are expelled according to Title 42. If they are not, uh, if they can't be expelled according to Title 42, they're placed in expedited removal or in alternatives to detention, no matter what country they're coming from. Go ahead, Jeff. Wow. Mayorkas. Secretary, thank you. Our Title 42, our Title 42 expulsion, sending Haitians back to danger in Haiti, immoral, yes or no? Uh, no, they are not. They are driven by a public health imperative. But are they immoral? But let me, let, let me explain, because let me be quite clear. Uh, we do not conduct ourselves in an immoral way. Hmm. We do not conduct ourselves in an unethical way. In fact, in fact, we are restoring people by reason of the immorality of the past administration. We are reuniting families uh, that were separated. Let me explain something, the reality of the situation, because we're dealing with a great number of individuals who are encountered at the border in a congregant setting and placed in customs and border protection, you know, border patrol stations. And that can cause the significant spread of a pandemic. And it is in light of the operational realities that the Centers for Disease Control made a determination in its public health expertise that Title 42 authority must be exercised. It is a statutory authority. And they made the determination that the public health of the migrants themselves, our personnel, local communities, and the American public require it. And that is why we are exercising that authority to serve the public health. Over 600,000 Americans have died. More than 40 U.S. Customs and Border Protection personnel have died. Many migrants have gotten sick. We Somebody are doing this out of a public health need. It is not an immigration policy. It is not an immigration policy that we would embrace. Okay, so what I am getting from these clips right off the bat, right? Wait in Mexico policy, colloquially called that, right, uh, was not really wait in Mexico. It was wait in a number of different countries that have signed on to this thing. They temporarily removed it. Mexico got out the deal when they could, and other countries didn't. Our other lily pad countries, right? Right. So we can do that. That's in place. That is a Trump-era policy that is still in place. It's just worse off now because Mexico, the nearest neighbor, ain't participating Because now we have to process people and fly them there more often, right? Yes. Yeah. And Title 42 is, <laughs> if you take his logic, because Title 42 is a public health Authority. Authority, right, which means that is it is, according to his argument, inherently moral because it is for the greater good of public health. So he's not going to say moral because they're saying that this whole system of shipping people out is bad and all this stuff, but he can't say that. But realistically, he's making a cop-out to say any public health measures is by de facto, because it is for public health, moral take that logic and run with it with any anything that relates to public health is now a moral decision because the CD say, CDC says it is. Right. 
Um, Jen Psaki continuing to bring up the temporary protective status, TPS, keep saying, well, any Haitians that showed up before July before 29, yeah, the 29, two months ago, if they're, they're fine, they could totally go to protective status. We're not offering that now. But if they showed up before they actually all showed up, it has nothing to do with the current situation, they would have been able to apply for TPS. Yeah. Cool. Now they're just letting people in on the assumption that they would qualify for TPS because they're they're looking at possibly reinstating Haiti. Are you sorry, go ahead. I don't know what that like so nothing here makes sense. They're totally contradicting everything that they're trying to say. They they say one thing about trying to do things humanely this is trump policy it's bad but it's also it's not really a migration pro process it's an actual it's a public health process under title 42 and that's just the way things go right now and then temporary protective status it doesn't apply right now but i'm not going to say that so it's it. only that but you should apply for it because you might you might get it in the future do you know what the tps thing reminds me of this is our south park reference for the day yes is when they're having all <laughs> gotta get at least one when they're having all those issues with the cable company and they're there trying to return shit and the cable company are like oh that's such a problem oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, inconvenient oh, that's no. what it reminds me i was like oh no <laughs> oh you're not coming under tps anymore i'm so sorry <laughs> that's what it reminds me of it's it's horrible and it, and what when Alejandro Mayorkas was talking, what that reminded me of, when Richard Nixon was being investigated for Watergate and all of the bullshit, right? His justification through his own secret tapes were, well, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Yeah. Right? Well, if the president does it, it's not immoral. We don't, we don't do immoral things is what he said. We don't nope. do that. We don't do immoral things. You might think this is immoral, but we don't do immoral things. Yep. So if we're doing it, it's not immoral. Just like you said, if the CDC is doing it, it's not immoral. If we're doing it. It's for public health. It's not immoral. It's This is for the greater good. It, this is the right thing to do. It's not oh, yeah. immoral. It's oh, yeah. definitely not immoral to send people back to a country that you can't even prove your life is worse than anybody else because your life is so fucking terrible on the whole. Yeah. Definitely not immoral at all. And I'm not arguing either way because I – I don't know what the right answer is, but yeah. this isn't it, you know, it's far be it for me to, I know that it's like the worst thing you can do to criticize somebody's plan and not offer a plan of your own, but I don't <laughs> right. know what the solution is to this problem, but telling people to apply for a program they could get denied for is not the way to go because who knows how long it's going to take for TPS to be extended somewhere else. And if you can't, if, I don't know. I, it's going to be difficult for them to prove, I think. Not yeah. that it's not terrible, but to continue to extend it further and further and further. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some type of oversight or review that they're subject to, whether it's through the Inspector General or the Supreme Court of whether or not they can ex extend TPS further out. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, and realistically, when you think about it, right, um, any immigration reform any immigration legislation and policies whatever it is are going to be by nature discriminatory in some fashion right because you can't have everybody just be able to come in anytime they want and we'll figure it out after the fact um which i think is probably part of the 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 difficulty in getting congress to kind of come up with some kind of legislation for this stuff because 
at some point, your immigration policy that you draft up is going to exclude certain people. Right. There's going to have to be lines drawn. Otherwise, just save a bunch of money and just get rid of it altogether. Because why not? Everybody else just let everybody in. You know, if that's what if that's the the t- the tilt you're on, don't fake it anymore. Just say what you're you're planning on doing. I mean, if you want to have no exclusions at all, except for the bad guys. How do you know people are bad guys? You don't really know. There's right. no way to really tell. I mean, there's some criminal history and whatnot, but there's there's no winning in this process. Somebody's going to be excluded, and in the current administration, in the current makeup of Congress, ain't ain't nobody going to be willing to pull the trigger on that and be the bad guy that says, no, you can't come here. You can't come here right now. Right. And that's We're just going to tell you why not to come. We're just in this this circular spiral downward where we have a failed system that cannot operate at scale. And I don't know how we get it to operate at scale without, you know, just a massive influx of, you know, money and and people or something like that. And that wouldn't necessarily even solve the problem because you're still having to make a decision about every individual that comes across that border, that wants to come across that border. And there's something to be said for the justification of executing Title 42 under a public health initiative, but not COVID testing even a single person who comes through of the 30,000 people that they're going to process over the next few weeks. Not it really COVID doesn't make sense. One fucking person yep. when they're all in one place. Yeah. But we're doing it for, for COVID. Yeah. It's all for COVID. It's all for COVID. But we're not going to test anybody and we're going to process a bunch of people and release them into the country. And I, I'm not. I'm not trying to like demonize immigrants, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. not my point. It's like letting all these dirty immigrants in. Like that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is it's extremely inconsistent, and that's been something we've been talking about a lot. Is the ideological inconsistencies? You're talking about expelling people for public health, but you're re- releasing the vast majority of them into the United States without mm-hmm. a COVID test. Uh, what are we talking about? Yeah. What are you doing? Right? You're doing this to save your own face, it, which just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like the the backwards justification for it, you know? And I'm not, again, I'm not saying you necessarily have another choice right now. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Title 42 is active. This is, this is what you have going right now. But to try and argue that it's inherently moral because you're doing it for the greater good when you're also restricting Americans for the greater good, but we're going to allow another bunch of immigrants into the United States for the greater good that we didn't test for the greater good. That doesn't like you can't just slap yeah. that on and it's just a cover all for everything. Like that doesn't work that way, you know? And it's concerning that it continues to get extended and extended and extended. It's all for mm-hmm. health. It's all for COVID. It's fine. You know, it's it's all for COVID. Yeah. It's all for the greater good. Like I've got a Jen Saki answer for you. Um, so you you pose the question, like, okay, so you're expelling people off of Title Forty Two and then there's a good amount that you're releasing into the interior yes. without being COVID tested, right? Um, well, we don't COVID test every single American every day, do we? Just to let them move around and about. Right. Why would we do that to a suffering migrant who just wants to flee, you know, persecution or flee the danger from their home country? Like, are you telling me that like everybody should be vet- tested every day to be able to go to work? Well, actually, you kind of are at this point. So, right. yeah, I just it seems like a real sacky thing she might say. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. No. It's for COVID, but you're not doing anything as like in the regards to actually trying to, to stop the spread of COVID at that right. point. You're you have no idea whether or not these people have COVID. Under 
your current guidelines and things like that, yeah, every single one of those people should be tested because they're hanging out in a super packed, crammed, high population, high density situation where if one person has it, tons of people got it. That's just the way right. it goes, right? Certainly by and the so argument that they've been making yeah, the whole time. But don't test them and because we, we can't. You certainly can't assume that <clears throat> that they don't – I'm not going to say you can't assume they don't have it, but you can't assume that they're vaccinated because the vaccination rate in, in Heidi is probably pretty low, you know? I don't know if they'd have any kind of like structure only to run it. Only whatever given to them. Only whatever we've given to them. So, <clears throat> got a couple more clips here. Yeah, I got a couple more clips coming in. Status of migrants not expelled. COVID testing at Del Rio. So this is good. My orchestra is going to actually talk to this. Yes. This is good. All right, you want to jump into those now? Yeah. Let's in do a it. particular order. Um. There's. Let's see, just one second. There is the status of, let's go with the COVID testing first, because that's what we were just talking about. Um, and then there is another one that's coming in that's the COVID status of migrants on foot. And so we'll play those two when that one comes in, and then we'll go to the status of the non-expelled. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Sound good? Action! They were just mentioning COVID. What is the situation there? I know that the crowd has been dispersed. Do we know who has tested positive, if people got sick, any kind of symptoms uh, among this group of 15,000, you said? Uh, yes, so uh, we did not, we do not, uh, we did not test that population of individuals. Uh, we do sure. not know, I do not know, I should say, if I may be perfectly accurate, I do not know whether anyone was sick with COVID. We certainly had some individuals get sick, uh, not specifically uh, with COVID to my knowledge, and we address their illnesses. Uh, in fact, we set up medical tents uh, that had a certain standard uh, of ability to address medical needs. It is, it was, it's hot in Del Rio, Texas. We had cases hot. of dehydration. Uh, we had other situations, and that is precisely why we searched 100, approximately 150 medical professionals to address the medical needs of that population. That is why we set up uh, medical facilities uh, with the appropriate equipment to address their medical needs. And I must say, uh, what I saw of the Border Patrol and other personnel was quite frankly heroic. Uh, heroic. Heroic. And then COVID status of migrants on foot? Yes. Question about what's going on at the border. Is somebody asking the foreign nationals who are walking into Del Rio, Texas and setting up camps on this side of the border for proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test? Well, first of all, I can re, re, I can readdress for you or re-talk re you through what that steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how this works. <laughs> as individuals, so as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. I don't think it's <laughs> the same here. thing. The it's not the same thing. These are individuals, as we've noted and as we've been discussed, we are expelling individuals based on Title 42 
specifically because of COVID, because we want to prevent a scenario where large numbers of people are gathering, posing a threat to the community and also to the migrants themselves. So those are the policies that we put in place um, in large part because, again, the CDC continues to recommend Title 42 be in place given we're facing a global pandemic. Where's the Vice President on any of this? Isn't Thank you. supposed to be addressing the root causes of migration? Absolutely, and she has been addressing the root causes of migration by working with countries in the region oh, like, mm -hmm. to ensure they have the assistance they need to reduce the number of people who are coming uh, and trying to make those journeys across the border. We've actually seen some reductions in some of those numbers. That doesn't change the fact that this is a very challenging reduction situation in Del Rio. Yeah. We're working to implement our policies, and we're working to uh, ensure we are also addressing root causes. All right, let's talk about that one yeah, for a minute. So, okay, so there's two issues that I saw with this, right? One of them is she says they're not the same thing, Peter. They're not the same. You have an estimated 12,000 people by Alejandro Mayorkas's numbers that are going to be processed through this, what are they calling them, the, uh, the removal proceedings, right? Mm -hmm. So those people are going to have their data collected on them, and then they're going to be able – they're going to go to – uh, presumably they have a relative in the country that they're going to go and stay with until the date comes, right? Yeah. So they're not working, right, which is totally fine. Understand you don't have a job. You don't have a green card because you're not going to stay here. You're no. waiting to be removed, right? But if you have COVID and we didn't test you, you're going to go and live with somebody who lives in America, most likely has a job, probably has other people living in their house. So they're going to go to the grocery store, to work, everything else. But it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing if they have COVID or not because they're not going to stay here, yeah. which is fine. I grant that. But if you're going to be here for any period of time, we're doing all this for public health, test them at the border. What are we talking about? Yep. What are we talking about? That's not racist. That's not ridiculous. If they're going to be here for any more than we're getting you on a flight and you're getting out of here, give them a fucking COVID test. It takes five seconds. Yep. Give them a rapid test. It takes five seconds. Are they going to be here for more than three days? Give them a delayed test. I waited three days to find out whether or not I have COVID. I, I support my entire family. Waited three days to find out whether or not I had COVID. It's a long time. Give them a delayed test. Yeah. What, do they have three days? Give them a fucking delayed test. You have their phone number, right? You're so confident that you can get in contact with them. Give them a delayed test. Find out. Do it in batches of 20 like I had to wait for. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? This doesn't make any sense. This... It's so contradictory and so convoluted, it's, it, it hurts my brain yeah. to even try and explain it to yep. anybody. Like, no, they look at me the same way that you do, but even more confused because they really don't get it. You at least yep. understand there's no hope. I'm it's just fucked, laughing. right? <laughs> the people who don't get it truly, they're like, I don't know, but what do you, why is it that way? Because they don't care. Because yep. they don't give a fuck about you. Because they don't live there. Anywhere anybody, uh, any of these immigrants are going to go, they don't live there. They don't give a fuck. Yep. They don't care about you. That's why they live in Washington, D.C. The only people that live there are people who work in Washington, D.C. Yeah. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. They don't care. They work for the federal government. They have all the tests they want. They're already vaccinated. They have anything they need. Yep, they good. don't care. Yep. They don't care about you. Hard no, they don't. They don't care about you, and I don't even remember what my second point was. I think the only thing they do care about is how they are perceived, right? And so they want to come off as not being discriminatory, falling back against Title 42, as using that as kind of their, their scapegoat to essentially continue the same policies that have been in place for a long time. 
the only difference is now they're using Title 42 to back up their expulsions of these people. Yes. Because otherwise, there would just be this massive outcry about, you know, racist deportations or, um, you know, racist refusal of migrants coming in, fleeing from a disaster country like Haiti. Yeah. That would be the narrative. Like, if Trump was in office, that's the narrative. But since Trump isn't in office, now it's all about messaging and image and making sure that we come off as the betters, you know, and again, we talked about this before, why they don't care about you because they are, they're elite and you are not like, it doesn't have to make sense. They just make calls and because they're protected, they don't give a shit. They don't care about any of these people at all. They only care about their, their public image based off of what they do to these people. So they just have to protect their image, try to pass it off. You know, luckily for them, they have Title 42 to, to go with, to, to use as the scapegoat. But it's just, it's a disaster every which way. And all they're doing is trying to cover their butt and look good. Yes. And then she tries to, she really tries to trick him and go back. Because I think this is the day that they announced the new requirements for international travel so she really was going to try and go back and be like oh well i can go over the new requirements again he's like i'm not talking about people flying here i'm asking people crossing the border on foot it it's very troubling it's very very troubling and it's the level of convolution is really what troubles me because it takes and i'm definitely not saying like you guys need to rely on us to disseminate information for you but i'm saying it takes someone like us who's willing to invest the time to look at all of those different things to understand that she is lying. Yep. She is lying to the American public right now, and people don't know it. And they, and she loves it. It's and unacceptable it. all of the time to lie, but it's different when you're saying something everyone knows isn't true because it's an open thing. Everyone knows you're lying. You're saying something the government has to say because you feel like you have to say it, and we all know that you're lying. You're lying in a fashion now where you're openly deceiving people who will be affected by this when you will not. Yep. That's what's so dark about it is that people don't know, you know. And they they just accept it as fact. They're like, well, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I mean, come on now. I don't don't understand this. Was there one, the status of migrants not expelled? That was another clip. I don't know if we got to that one. Yes, we did not get to that one. That's another one. And then I will send you the clip because Peter Dutti also asked about Kamala Harris. Like, what is Kamala Harris doing, you know? Um, Where is Kamala? Where is the VP right now? Does anybody know? Is she taking any action on this whatsoever? Yeah, so I'll send you the clip because someone asked her specifically about, like, like, what is is she doing? Like, what is she actually doing? You know, because she's supposed to be. And then I have a question for you, a discussion a discussion question for that. Okay. About Kamala Harris. Because I think it will be very, there are going to be a lot of people, especially when we get famous. Like, oh, so you're going to attack the black woman? What about Mike Pence? <laughs> so I have a very good question for you God. about that. Aspect. I'm so excited. All right. Boom. Um, the, the people who were under the bridge, you've talked about uh, some of them have gone to Mexico, some of them have been flown to Haiti. Um, the others, are they spread out at CPB holding facilities? Or have some been released into the community or released to family members awaiting hearing? So you ask What's a very so, so let me let me be clear. So uh, some have been returned uh, uh, to Haiti indeed. Others have been uh, moved uh, to different processing facilities along the border in light of operational capacity. And then um, many of them will be 
um, return to Haiti from there. And if any of the exceptions don't look like apply, they will not be returned to Haiti, but placed in immigration enforcement proceedings. I should say released is a, is a very general term, and I may need to drill down on that if I may. We know what it Individuals, is. Individuals, um, some of uh, them are detained. Some of them are placed on alternatives to detention. We remain in touch with them. We monitor them to ensure their appearance in court at the designated time uh, of appearance. Does that answer your question? No, it doesn't answer anybody's question, dude. It's the same question everybody's always been asking. What, what guarantee do you have that people are going to show back up? You're going to be able to find them? Your surveillance ain't that good, dude. Yeah. You just droned a bunch of kids in Afghanistan. We're not that great. Oh, my God. All right. Um, and then this one is, what is Kamala Harris? What is she actually doing? So we know that the vice president has been tasked with addressing the root causes of migration. A Democratic congressman from Texas told CNN yesterday that the vice president's trip to Mexico and Central America had no impact. So first, I'm wondering if the administration can just detail some tangible examples of the actions in addressing the root causes of migration that have had a tangible, you know, this, uh, an actual impact. And then secondly, what specific causes, root causes, is the vice president currently addressing to help curb Haitian migration from places like Chile and Brazil? Well, uh, I think as the vice president and the president have both conveyed, this is going to be a long-term effort. And what the focus is on is addressing root causes like corruption, like economic circumstances that are impacting people and prompting them to want to come to the United States. So that requires working with governments, both to put in place new migration proceedings and, and processes or limitations sometimes at borders. We've seen some impacts of those over the course of yeah. the last several months. It also includes providing assistance and engaging closely with these leaders on what steps can be taken. And the Vice President has been deeply engaged in this. But again, as it relates to Haiti, uh, as it relates to our broken immigration system, uh, the clear step that needs to be taken is an immigration bill needs to pass Congress. It's a broken system, one that is ineffective, one that is not moral in many cases at this point in time. It's long overdue. There are a lot of Republicans out there giving speeches about how outraged they are about the situation at the border. Not many who are putting forward uh, solutions or steps that we could take. So we're a little tired of the speeches. We'd like to partner on solutions and working together to address this problem that has not been partisan in the past. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. Okay, so my first initial instinct on this one, right, is um, this goes to show you their frame of mind in the Biden administration, like truly how they foresee their role as governing bodies, right? She is upset at Congress people for not, for, for, for talking shit on the current policy and how it's working and then not offering up solutions. Yes. I will give her that, right? But she is speaking as if, like, they need Congress to work with us. Like, we need bills from Congress so that we can do these things, right? And I guess maybe that's just because Border Patrol is a federal executive agency under DHS. Yeah. But it should not be it should not be the executive's problem to deal with. This is something that Congress should take up and absolutely should take on their own 
shoulders, and the executive branch should execute whatever it is the Congress decides to do. They're running things from the top, and they're pissed that they're not getting their low-level support from Congress. So they're trying to run things from the top. They're trying to run things under the unified executive theory, like we've talked about before, like Joe Biden is the king, and that's the throne. Right. And they're wanting Congress to essentially back their plays. But they're the one leading the charge. They're the one setting the tone of what they want the policy to be, and they're just expecting Congress to jump onto that, right? It just it, it shows their disconnect to how the system is supposed to work. Right. And at that point, you know, we've, I've already said the republic is dead, obviously. If you're the executive waiting for Congress to get on your page so that you can— we all want to be on the same tilt here, guys. We're leading the charge. You're supposed to follow us here and back us up with legislation. Backwards from how it's supposed to work, period. Congress passes the legislation. The executive executes that legislation. When seeing as most of the border is red states, it doesn't seem like it should be very difficult to work with Republicans on how, how to get immigration done, right? Mm-hmm. And immigration reform done, especially like we talked about we two years ago we like the seeds of it have already been there you know yeah. so there is definitely hope that you could get back to a discussion on that one day um, so yeah. i think I, I think that it's i mean the problem i, I would foresee is. right is given the the divide in congress can the continual divide like it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger um if a Democrat legislation is in power, right, or um, legislature is in power, right? If you have Democrats in both majority positions in both the, the House and the Senate, not to mention the executive branch, people are so polarized, even in Congress now, that there is absolutely no way they're going to let Republicans from Republican states, whose states are affected by this, who probably have solutions that they could offer they should be put in the hot seat these are your states guys you need to be leading the charge here what do you need they they would never ever in a million years be able to put the republicans up front to lead the charge because those are their states they would never be allowed to do that because they'd be seen as like you know working with the enemy if you will you you can't be doing that they're republicans they're evil you have told us for so long that they're evil people who want nothing but bad things for everybody we can't work with them they need to work with us but you guys aren't the ones in the states there bro that's just not how that works yeah so i don't that's just my i guess my take on that no, I think that that's I think that that's fair, and I think that as a instead of do you want another one of these? Yeah, I don't remember where I put my. There it is. Uh-huh. And instead of I also run take um, pee real quick. <clears throat> instead of being willing to provide, not even Republicans any credit, but working bipartisan with some Republicans, they would rather. And I made this point to Colin when we were watching the videos. They would rather nation build in South America as though they. As they just insisted we shouldn't be doing, that that's not America's mission anymore. And I think that we would have a hard time arguing, and it's another another one of those weird backward things of like arguing which country is fucked up more, but arguing which country we, we messed up the worst, because there's no doubt that America has had a hand in negatively affecting many South American countries, as well as the Middle East, right? It's... 
so I have a hard time trying to decide which one deserves our dollars more if we're going to be nation building. The idea that we're not going to nation build in the Middle East because we don't nation build, but we're going to nation build in South America because it's the right thing to do doesn't really make any sense to me. I mean, I guess I understand mm-hmm. the geographical implication of it that they're, that they're coming here, you know, but it doesn't. That's not the only answer. You yeah. know, investing our money in other countries south of the border is not the only answer. Mm-hmm. And so it's frustrating to me and doesn't make sense to me that that's the solution. Instead of working with Republicans in any way, shape, or form, we'll just throw our money south of the border because it's worked so well in the past. Oh, yeah. That our first step is to ensure that we deal with corruption in many of these countries. It doesn't make any sense to me. You no. know, I don't know why that's a better use of our money. Because. I think part of the the deal here is that normally when we talk about nation building, right, we're we're thinking about how it's been done in the Middle East. Thank you very much. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, where it's done with the military, right, right? and and contractors and things like that after the, a military occupation or something. Whereas you're looking at at it from like an outcomes perspective, you're doing the same things yeah. in a different way. You're still nation building in a different way through diplomatic channels, if you will. Right. It's not as, that's why like you don't, they're not saying, you know, opponents to this type of stuff are not saying you, you're nation building down in South America. You absolutely are yeah. nation building. You're trying to nation build all over the place. That's the whole deal. The only difference here is you get away with not calling it that because there's not boots in the ground. I mean, I think that's, that's why I think you see it for what it is because we're looking at the actual implications of what is happening we're we're still shelling money out of the country towards another country in hopes of making it a quote-unquote better place according to our you know worldview values right we talk about all of these things on our social media so i just want to throw that up there real quick that i am at salt of the street on twitter and at alpaca underscore donovan on instagram colin is at big bird Offie on both of those things you can find all this on our website salt of the where you can also find our instagram at salt of the streets our youtube thank you for joining us there on youtube at salt of the streets facebook fuck facebook salt of the streets we also have our patreon patreon.com slash salt of the streets you can go there if you want to be a patron for us we obviously appreciate every other every single one of those dollars if you need a haircut go on down to swell blended swellblended.com i need a haircut obviously if you need a skateboard go down to location skate shop in west bremerton our wives are also very talented lexi kyo is colin's wife on twitch and my wife is at leggings and aprons on instagram if you need some cakes it's a good deal so it's a good deal i want to just appreciate you, pretty cakes if you just, just check that stuff out cakes yeah um so somebody i wanted to ask you about right and i'm gonna offer a little bit of a solution or you can go first if you want mm-hmm. and then i'll say my answer but why do you think kamala harris is taking more heat than pence did when he was in office right oh yeah I got a lot a of questions idea. about kamala harris what's she doing why is she doing this why aren't we seeing her why didn't she go to the border you know i'm not you know me i know i think those mm-hmm. are all fair criticisms but oh yeah why why colin let me straw man this why thing. why colin is it because she's a black woman why is she receiving so much more coverage and attention than mike pence did um, so the way I was going to put it was not going to be solely based off of her race, right? Um, we do know that that was a factor in her, non, you know, her, her pick. You know, her obviously, they, yeah. they literally talked about it. Um, but the reason why everybody's asking about it is because she has, you know, it's not the Biden administration, it's the Biden-Harris administration. Right. She has been so injected into the executive office that she is basically co-president 
to Joe Biden. That's that's kind of the way I would see it based off of all their infusion of her everywhere to try to utilize her as much as possible to try to make her out in public. And then they realize that they can't do that because she's a terrible, terrible human being. But that's why everybody's asking about it, in, in my opinion, is they made her so front and center as a vice president, more than right. any other vice president, I would probably argue, in history, that people go, okay, well, she's so important. Where the hell is she? Yeah. What is she doing? Oh, she's you know running diplomatic back channels to try to nation build in South America. I'm sorry. She's, she's actively working all the time. But that's not, that's right. not good enough. What does that you mean? You need to be out in front in public because they told us that's what you're here for is to right. be – you know, you're not second in command. You're, you're a female. You're Get a. Out <laughs> of I love that sound. She's, She's like, you got pet a, my face. You know, she got a ball in her mouth. Yes. Yeah. She tried oh. to breathe through that. It sounds so weird, man. That's the shit of nightmares. But yeah, that's if I had to venture guess, that's yeah. why they propped her up to be a centerpiece, and she's missing. And my answer is very, very similar. The only thing of importance that Mike okay. Pence really did was at the end, he was like the head of the COVID response team, and he. Yeah. Did exactly what he was supposed to be doing. I mean, he was on TV like every day. He was out there every day. He was out on TV every single day answering questions, doing what he's supposed to be doing, announcing the answers. This is the PPE. This is what we did. This is this. He wasn't – they weren't looking – none of us were looking to Mike Pence for concrete results on what was happening because he was just overseeing people doing their job. William Wallace is out. Thanks for hanging out. He says, great stream. Thank Appreciate you, you, buddy. We have seen Kamala Harris be elevated to a point, like you said, mm-hmm. that, well, she is going to tackle the immigration crisis, the yep. root causes of immigration. She's so going to solve this problem. So we would assume, by you saying that, that something is going to get better if she's going to spend four fucking years working on the immigration crisis. It's been like nine months now. We've continued to see. There was another question that I don't have in clips, but it was actually from Tamara Keith that – of NPR, she was asking, it's seeming like, you know, every month there's a different crisis at the border, whether it's like, uh, you know, the the unaccompanied children that we were seeing or whether it's now, the, you know, this deal with the Haitians. Like, it seems like we're seeing, is there some plan to do like a big comprehensive immigration something, you know? And Alejandro Mayorkas's response was, oh, well, we dealt with, you know, the unaccompanied children back in March. And so we dealt with that. Bro. Yeah, we it's dealt over. with that already. And, you know, it's down from 77 hours or whatever it was that they're in a facility to like under 25 hours now. And so we've got it all handled. It's like no big deal. That's awesome. What about this? Because this just happened. Do you know? There was another question. Where's AOC? I, I have here um, that actually actually may have to do with. It is. It is this clip, um, and it's the one that I just sent you that will play that has to do. I don't remember exactly what I was going to say, so we will play this clip here, and it is relevant to what I was just talking about. And then I am sure that I will remember yeah, what I was. The uh, review of asylum definition. Yes, because okay. right now there is a review going on of the way that asylum is being interpreted, mm-hmm. so that it can be broadened. Right, Alejandro Mayorkas makes the point that it was very narrow under Donald Trump. It's very difficult to get asylum, and so they're looking at potentially making it broader. That's what this question is about, and so it pertains... I completely lost my train of thought, but this pertains to that, and I'm sure I'll remember what I was talking about. Fantastic. Now, with respect to the asylum process, Cheers, that has that is oh, an yeah. independent process, and I'm not sure I understood your question. If you're asking about the definition of a particular social group, and just for everyone's benefit, um, uh, the asylum laws 
provide that an the first step in an asylum process is a claim of credible fear. Um, uh, economic need, um, flight from generalized violence does not qualify uh, as credible fear, but rather credible fear is credible fear of persecution by reason of one's membership in a particular social group. What is the definition of a particular social group was significantly constrained. Uh, that's an understatement uh, in the Trump administration. And there is a body of law that speaks to that definition. And that definition is currently under review. Secretary, if I may, and forgive me for just the follow-up on this point. Yes. The question was, if this administration were to take a more permissive stance toward that definition, could this be what we've just experienced in the last several weeks, just the first of many similar instances to occur in this country on the border? What instance are you referring well, to? Well, we, we have 15,000 migrants yeah. that the United States government has had to now uh, process. And, and, and so um, we determine, what the, we what determine do uh, the standards to apply in a claim of persecution according to the principles that a government should have uh, both domestically and in the international architecture with the treatment of individuals who are fleeing persecution by reason of their membership in a particular social group. It is not a tool of deterrence to define what a particular social group means. That just is a yeah. convoluted so, deal. Dude. So that was that was my point was about the multiple different <laughs> multiple different occurrences, yeah. right? And and Mayor Wicker says what uh, what instances that you're talking yeah. about? I don't know. You just said thirty thousand interactions happened over the last two weeks yeah. between Asian migrants at Del Rio. How about that what, one? Yeah, what the fuck do you think I'm talking about? Like, what is that? What kind of question is that? Like, uh, yeah, what, what instance are you referring to? The one that we're going through right now, asshole. Yeah. Your and job to fix and run. What is, what do you mean? And did you You're love. fired, Frank. Did you love the hit of it, of it being moral, you know, of what oh, a yeah. government should do, right? That's what we're doing. What a government should do. Oh, yeah. This is it, huh? This is exactly, I hate it. It's, it's terrible, Bryn. It's terrible. It's just, again, every time we hit one of these southern border issues. It's just a bunch of bullshit, a bunch of covering your ass, and let's move on to the next thing because there ain't no way we're touching this bad boy. We're not fixing it. We're not making any attempts. Yeah. Kamal Harris is on it. It's a long-term deal. You know, it's it's long-term. You know, there's we can't measure what's going on right now. It's, just, it's only been it's been less than a year, man. All right, this is long-term. She just needs to you need to set it and forget it and just right. hope everything else is okay between now and then. That's. Nobody is serious about the border. Nobody is serious about it on the right or the left, man. Right. The right says throw up a wall so that nobody can come in and we can just let in whoever the hell we want one by one. We could slow the process. We could do whatever we want. Let's just shut it the fuck down until we figure out what the hell's going on. And then on the left, you basically have the opposite. Yeah. Um, if you do not think that the language that they're talking about now about extending TPS Oh, you know, reopening TPS. Absolutely. You don't think there's going to be more surges? There's people leaving right now. Yeah. If they're like, hey, I can get temporary protected status. I just got to fucking get there. Let's do this. What's the population of Haiti? Ooh, let's Google it. Let's Google it. One and of the nice things about having the laptop right in front, bro, I can just, I don't even have to turn. The thing I wanted to hit on this and then we can move into it. I also decided during this conversation, I also want you to look up after this because I'm okay. going to finish one of these sentences. 11.26 million in 2019. Jesus Christ. 
A lot so, of people on Little Island. So we'll see. Um, I also would like you to and look up. And that's only half the island, by the way. Yeah, because the DR is on the other side. I would like you to look up whether or not the Bob Woodward Robert Coster book is out yet. Ooh. Um, uh, Rampage. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I'll check it. Because if it's out, then I want to go and buy it tomorrow and delay the conversation about Millie until next episode mm-hmm. and commit to reading it in the next two weeks. It's probably a relatively short book. Peril. Let's Peril. see. Peril. That's what I think the other one was it. called Fear. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump rage and fear. There's, I think, two of them about yeah. that. Let me check on one, Amazon. Let me check Peril. Bob Woodward. It uh, available instantly on Kindle, and I can have it. Uh, I could buy it right now and have it here on Monday. Okay, so I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble tomorrow, and I will buy that book. And I will read it before the next episode so we can have a longer discussion about General Milley and we can make it a whole deal. I think uh, I'm going to get the audiobook version of it to deal. also test those waters and then we'll we'll have a fucking book review. Deal. Okay, so we'll talk about General Milley on the next episode, yes, right? Yes, because um, all the Milley stuff that came out was pulled out of that book. Yes. So the last point that I wanted to hit on this, and then we can move on and talk about AUKUS for a little bit and then do sports, and then we can get out of here. And we technically hit all of them. (laughs) Yeah, because budget was a last-minute thing that we threw on there because we're looking at a government shutdown. Honestly, it's difficult to report on because – It's all – because there's no real – there's no real legislation. There's no real – there's nothing to actually look at. It's all posturing. It's 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 the balance between the hard infrastructure bill and the $3.5 trillion uh, budget bill. Right. Uh, reconciliation With the American bill. Family Pen yeah. plan mixed in and it. And the squad's getting involved, and they're trying to hold things hostage. You know, the Iron Dome thing. Um, AOC crying because uh, all of Congress, minus nine people, voted to fund the Iron Dome thing, and she she didn't, and she started crying once she found the camera, made sure she could be on camera crying. Uh, I hate her so much. It's terrible, right? Just the worst. She's the worst person. Yeah. I got invited to the Met Gala, uh, a $35,000 ticket, completely comped, but tax the rich, right? Tax I the hate rich, her so She is much. the worst. And actually, that story is the, the thing I wanted to ask you about populism in. Um, but let's hit, uh, let's hit our... AUKUS is AUKUS, AUKUS. I'm yeah, just trying right. to get that thing drilled in my AUKUS, AUKUS, AUKUS. And I don't have the exact numbers, so I don't know if you have those written down somewhere. I have the general story, but not the exact number. So, the Guardian oh, did a pretty good article on it. The last thing I down. wanted to say, um, the U.S. envoy to Haiti resigned yes. because of the expulsion of Haitian migrants back to Haiti without the ability to apply for asylum under Title oh. 42. And, and Saki gave him the business. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, he, the didn't, he didn't bring up these issues when he was here. Yeah, no. oh, all kinds of shit. I find that relatively yeah. racist, Saki. She sucks. She is so the, bad. She is the worst. I hate her as much as I hate AOC. And I figured out the hair thing, by the way. I figured out the hair thing. Didn't it? Because she is on an elevated position and a podium. She's looking down a she's lot. She's looking down. And when she talks, she does this kind of like, I'm. she moves her head a lot, yes. right? So you can slowly see her hair, depending on how animated she's getting and how condescending she's being. Yes. It moves more, and then she has to flip it up. So you can definitely tell when she's being super condescending to whoever it is she's talking about because right afterwards she does that. Or she has to go into the binder and look for something. Yeah. That's where that came from. Out of all those clips, go back and rewatch them. Tell me I'm fucking wrong. Isn't it awesome? It's El Terrible. So um, 
Do you want to lead this one off, or um, I I feel like I yes, can just so start reading. Yes, the Treaty, right? Mm-hmm. You have the numbers, but I can give just kind of the general idea of it. So the yep. AUKUS Treaty is a new treaty between Australia, the UK, and the United States. We talked about it a little bit earlier for nuclear submarines, right? And this is for nuclear submarines. Were they engineered by America, built in the UK, and then sent to Australia? Is that is that exactly how this is breaking down? That I can't tell you. Because the UK is, is involved somehow, right? Yes. I don't remember what town. I saw the town they were supposed to be built in, but I don't remember what it said. It didn't sound like an American town, but um, either way, right? This causes Australia to cancel an existing order that it had with France for multi-billion, like $80 billion, I think, for traditionally $90 powered, billion. Dollars. $90 billion yeah. for traditionally powered submarines, which is what, through just gas? Like just enormous amounts of petroleum? It's probably diesel. diesel. Yeah, marine-grade diesel. Yeah, fuel. fuel. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm not. Obviously, France is super pissed. France was not involved in any of these discussions at all, so they just lost out on $90 billion, a whole bunch of jobs, and all kinds of stuff yeah. without anybody saying anything. Which, Which, and in their defense, too, that's been the way things have been with Australia's um, weapon supplies. France has had, like, they've, like, had the contract, traditionally, historically. Yeah. The only, the real problem here is that this AUKUS is essentially being built to combat more aggressive Chinese In the mo- military movement is what they're yeah. calling it. And Australia is hard yes. They need that area covered. They're just down south. They can be right up in there. I mean, there's a reason Australia was on our side when Japan was the enemy at that point, right, right? during World War II. And so, oh shit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and since we have such a special relationship with the UK, obviously it goes in hand in hand. France doesn't really have a dog in this fight. They don't really care what China is up to at this point. Right. We're leading the charge on that one. So we took we took kind of onus with this with good old Boris Johnson and oh what the hell's his name the um, Scott prime Morrison minister. the prime the waste Scott of space Morrison. authoritarian piece of crap of Australia. Yeah, he's no good. He is no good. He's Mr. Let's throw our uh, citizens in camps because they may or may not have COVID. Um, but, yeah, we're looking at a number of Send submarines um, coming up over the next 18 months uh, for assembling the new Australian nuclear-powered submarine fleet, which will be built in um, Adelaide. Adelaide. I'm going to look that up. I'm gonna where put is that Adelaide? In Google Maps because I want to know where Adelaide is. That's what oh, I'm it's saying. in Australia. Okay, so it's in Australia. Yeah. Okay. On the southern portion of Australia. Where the fuck does the UK come in hand then? Probably just because they're part of that uh, intelligence sharing um, trifecta. The, Weird, the, man. The three, the three eyes, I, I believe, right? Oh, yes. Isn't that, isn't that yeah, them? yeah. Okay. Yes. I believe. Yeah. So France is obviously super pissed. Um, they pulled their diplomats from the United States and the UK, bring them back for further instruction so they can send them back, know how to deal with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a good deal. The United States, let's see, there's a call with Macron that is coming in the next coming weeks about the submarine deal and the US-Australia deal, and he's, he's not happy about it. They haven't even pinned down an actual date for it yet. It's still yeah. in like loose discussions because France is... It's just so fucking unhappy about it. Well, and the fact that like their their agreement with France was um, see the agreement spelled the end of a ninety billion dollar contract Australia signed with the French company Naval Group in two thousand sixteen. So it's relatively fresh as far as these massive government contracts, and as far as France is concerned, they just see. 
the U.S. coming in there with their swinging their big dick energy going, we in charge now, France. You can go sit down, shut up. We're in charge. We're getting these people nuclear submarines. We're messing with China right now. You need to just sit back and chill. Hey, Chloe, quit, quit scratching, sweetheart. Don't be scratching. I know. I know. You're an itchy girl. She's got lots of allergies, poor kiddo. Um, the, the weird thing that came out of this right away, right, um, was the, like, almost immediate removal of the ambassadorships yes. to the United States, which is an unprecedented move. As, considering Western allies, that is a huge deal. That's something we do with, like, Russia. Right. When, when, We've when done we that accuse with them Russia. Of, yeah. yeah. With, when we accuse them of hacking, you know, meddling in the elections and stuff like that, they get pissed. They pull the diplomats. It doesn't really matter. It's Russia. What are we doing? This is France, bro. This is a Western power, part of NATO, that is supposed to be part of this alliance kind of deal that we have. Yeah. But since Russia is kind of not the bad guy right now, it's more about China, things have shifted, and they're not really that involved because they're on the other side of the world. They're not really... You know, be, it'll change if, say, you know, like if tomorrow Russia and China had some kind of military pact, France is, France is going to be like, you guys going to let us in yet? Yeah. Or what are we doing here? And I think that it, this is very, this is a very emotional plea. So if it doesn't make any sense, make sure you tell me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure part of it's because of the media that I've been consuming. I've been learning more and more about the Revolutionary War, right? So I've been, I've had like a growing sympathy for France, you know, that like they're, they're just one of the OG American allies, you know, like literally yeah, yeah, from yeah. the very beginning, from the you beginning. know, and, uh, I, so I've been like, literally from the beginning. Yeah. Literally from the very beginning, like yep. a, a helped us maintain or uh, achieve independence, you mm-hmm. know? And I also feel for the fact that they've had seen these insane COVID restrictions, you know, like oh, we yeah. talked about the grocery stores and things like that. I mean, insane COVID restrictions and children being arrested and shit like that. Fucked so, up, man. I'm troubled, and I know that it's not 1776 anymore, but, and that's, like I said, I know that it's an emotional thing, because it's very old, you know, but that's, like, it seems like it shouldn't be completely forgotten, that, like, we kind of forever owe you, like, a little bit of a depth, because you, like, helped us get here, and now we're the dominant power in the United, in the world, because we're that guy, and I just, it doesn't feel right to me to just fuck France. Yeah, to just fuck France. Like, I don't, don't worry about it, you know? Yeah, I gotta kind of think about that one because it's an emotional plea. So. It is, because um, when you when you look at France, right? It's a patriotic plea, is what it um, is. It's tough because we have a lot of history with France, right? UK's got a lot of bad history with France, but that goes further back than our. Yes. The tar- you know, <laughs> obviously they were the ones that helped us kick the British's ass, right? You know, and that was a deal, but in 2021 like France so I'm just having to they're not what they this. used to be they ain't what they used to be right? that's a big bomb I dropped on you don't have to answer it yeah now. it's a it's there yeah because they're not what they used to be because there's something to be said for the fact that their government is imposing these restrictions on them yeah. you know and it's kind of why I have, I have a lot of mixed feelings about uh, giving Australia a bunch of nuclear powered submarines well and that's what I was talking about earlier about the surveillance technology that we could potentially yeah. be you know, giving over to Australia in a time where they're already trying to you know spy on their citizens hey send us a pic make sure it's within 15 minutes so that we know that you're where you said that you yeah. were going to be you know and I got a problem with that's that that's not a way to go about things I mean they just decided that everybody who works in the construction trades now has to adhere to these new health 
guidelines, which requires you to have at least one vaccine, one dose of the vaccine before you go back to work in October. Yep. There was an enormous protest outside of the Capitol because oh, yeah. because of that, you yep. know, union so members it, turning on their own own people. It's insanity. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does not make any sense. And so I am I have a deep concern in mm-hmm. my within my distrust of the government that they are providing Australia technology that will help them further oppress their citizens, which I don't agree with yeah and i don't agree with it happening in france and that's one of the reasons i think i feel sympathetic is because they're one of our og personal liberty allies and they're oppressing their own citizens right now and i i have a this is very hopeful but i am mm-hmm. concerned at the idea of disassociating ourselves even further in a time where people in america seem to be trying to embrace their freedoms and france the people of france's freedoms are being increasingly taken away from them mm-hmm. you know we are now have really no connection to Hong Kong anymore because China controls everything that they do. Yep. They just begged for an entire year, two years ago, for us to help them, singing our own songs, waving our own flags in their streets because they can't defend themselves, and we didn't do anything. And now they're under Chinese control, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yep. If we isolate France, and they're also isolated from other European allies, and they eventually have no choice but to turn somewhere else or whatever. I don't know. That's a lot of ifs, you mm-hmm. know? But I am very concerned that this could start a trend in that direction yeah. and turns away one of our allies that also the people start to lose faith because now they don't have any other inspiration. They're not seeing anything from the United States because yeah. we don't give a shit about them anymore. You know, I, I'm very concerned about that. You know, we yeah. are, you've talked a lot to me about kind of the cold, cold war that we're in with communism, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. If that's where we're at, if we're actively fighting a communist ideology for spreading around the globe, then we shouldn't be isolating people who, yeah. inherently and deep down hold a liberty value that we think deserves a place on the planet. You know, it's, it's kind of funny is because I think about this, right? I think about it and I, I liken it to something that I had talked about earlier today with um, my hesitation on kind of supporting the, like the police unions during fighting against COVID mandates, right? I, I have, I have sympathy for them in some regards because I'm founded on liberty and freedom. Okay, but it's also kind of I you almost there's a lot of anti-sympathy there because you done did this to us and yourselves because you allowed this bullshit to happen with France. You kind of think the same way. I mean, France certainly and and I understand that France has kind of been there as an OG people for a long time. I acknowledge that it's an emotional deal, you know, because their version of liberty is. fundamentally different than ours yeah right um it's very much more populous it's very much uh you know anti-elitist it's it's kind of uh socialisty in a way you know it's it's very communistic in a way um you can have the freedoms that we decide you can have and then none of the bad elites can tell you otherwise right it's, it's different um fundamentally whereas ours is individually centered right theirs is per- given to them by the government yes um and they cut off people's heads in that revolution and stuff for that. I mean, if you were an aristocrat, bye bye um, And so I understand the sympathy, but they get like half points to me. They get half points. Certainly. Like, I get it. Well, yeah, I think that would be a good way. It's like, I'll give you a half point of sympathy for me um, because, yeah, bro, I'm not okay with what you're doing to your own people. I'm not okay with what Australia's doing to their own people. But the little... We need a new version of neocon, right? There's a little 
kind of classically neoconservative, um, I don't want to say world policing, but like generally not being afraid to get involved in other governments' businesses around the world if it protects our interests. A right? re-embrace of American exceptionalism almost. Ooh, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, it's weird. I kind of feel for France, but I'm also kind of like, fuck them. Yeah. At the same time, I don't. I definitely agree with you though that the trend is not going a good way. And if, you dig my Cold War argument better. Yeah, man. Like the way things are looking with the rise of authoritarianism now. Yeah. They should be on our side. We should be as bad as we are at it, because we have our own problem with authoritarianism, obviously. Um, but man, people. Our, our Western values countries, man, we got to stick together in this because it's about to be the game. We're about to be the minority in the right. world that believes in liberty. Right. And that that outlook is – there's that old – and I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but it was like um, when – there's like a meme, if you will, of whenever somebody tries to like go to war with France, their first instinct is, whoa, we give up. Yeah. Come on in. Right. I don't remember what it is. There's a better version of it, but they do that with ideology. Now, you know, it's whatever the prevailing winds are saying from the EU. That's just what they do. Yeah. And that's, it's not a good place to go, man. Like this centralized government control has been going on for decades now, ever since they, you know, they agreed to get involved with the EU like that. Like that is, that's not good. You're removing liberty from people because you're deciding now that not only as individual states or provinces of your nation um, where you have a republic in place to kind of make sure everybody is representative, if you will, you're now doing that with other nations that don't exactly share your values. Maybe similar-ish, right. but, you know, not all the EU nations have similar values, hence right. Brexit and shit, right? So. I don't want to say there are lost causes at this point, because I think we could probably still bring them back from the brink if we France needed needs to. Us, Colin. Maybe France needs us. You know, I mean, French people love civil war. Historically, they, they really do. I, I mean, love that's you. it's a thing. You know, Bastille Day is a huge day over there, and there's always mass protests and shit like that. They're a huge protesting country. They're it's a very different nation. You know, yeah, they're Westernized, but God, they're different, right? Yeah. Um, if they were to go into a civil war against, you know, and it was authoritarian versus liberty, we'd be there to back up the liberty portion because they still, they still the homies. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it, it's tough right now, man. Like, I don't want to be cool with France, but. They need us, man. But they need us, bro. France needs us, man. And we ain't. And we're not like, I wish we were the exception, but. The only thing stopping us from being Australian France right now is the remaining people that are not okay with the massive authoritarian takeover. Yeah. And we, and we are definitely the minority. They We're about us. to be shut out of King County. I mean, I Kitsap, too. Kitsap's looking at it, too. They're man. looking at it, too. I was doing some research last night to make sure there was no extra movement on that. It's Thank God I didn't us, find man. anything. But it's going to be, gonna us be all, all soon. We're all going to be showing your papers. Is there anything else? We're obviously going to be keeping up on this. Uh, there are obviously some calls, like I said, scheduled with Macron um, and some other things. We'll yeah, this is definitely to. going to evolve. We will definitely be keeping an eye on this. Is there anything else that you want to hit on this particular topic? Can I squeeze in my populist thing real quick before you get on? Yes. To, just to, I think it should be quick. Um, 
so I've been I've been thinking a lot about like the rise of our populist um, politicians, right? Trump, federally popular politician. He's a, he was one of the first rising populists. AOC, populist politician. Like in the age of social media, populism wins a lot of races, right? Regardless of whatever, however you're perceived in your district, if you can raise a shit ton of money from the grassroots all over the country. Odds are the way politics works with money in there, it's a lot easier for you to get reelected if you're nationally popular, regardless of where you're from. Would you agree that at this point there's a, a massive increase in society's interest in populist political candidates? Um, largely. Largely. Yes. Now. Yeah. In different ways, but yes. And especially on the federal scale, the national scale. Yes. You know, these people are politicians. I mean, they're celebrities now. Yes. Right? I don't like that on the national level, obviously. It seems like a really bad idea because AOC being a representative of a district now doesn't necessarily need to represent her district if she's got national support. Right. How do you feel about state-level populist candidates? Not many people know their state congress people um because they're not necessarily populist there's a reason you don't know their name and you know everybody at the federal level right do you think that might be a better balance if you had populist candidates that were populist at their their you know their local state district level you know and within I, the state and i would disagree because i think that those candidates are populist to the people who show up but no one pays attention to their local representatives mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying no one I don't know who my local representative is. I know Derek Kilmer, right, is like is our federal one. But even then, I'm just like state like, like Drew Hansen and right you know, those people. I don't I don't know shit about him. Yeah, you know. So all we know is we can't get a hold of him. I know that I know that I I know that I hate him and that his policies don't represent me. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a minority in many of the things that I have reached out to him about. So mm -hmm. I think that they are populist to the people that live in that area mm -hmm. unfortunately we don't see it that way because we're a minority in this area mm -hmm. so our to us none of our candidates will ever be populist because they're never going to represent our views because our views are not the dominant ones okay. the dominant views in our areas because those are the examples i can really use right yeah well because that's the, who i'm talking and about the, right and the people. things that i can use specifically about drew hansen the interactions that i've had with him over the mm -hmm. internet are he doesn't give a shit what I think about guns. Nope. He doesn't care about any of those things. The people in our area want magazine capacity bans. They want an assault weapons ban because that's what the information tells them is going to make a difference. It doesn't matter what I say to them. It doesn't matter that I could show Drew Hansen. Uh, I could send him a video of myself doing a sub 1.5 second reload. You know, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to him. That doesn't matter. All None of these things matter that there is tangible evidence that go against what they say because what – they have matters, and that's what people they yeah. are interacting with want to hear. He has a base that is strong enough on its own to keep him in office, and that's the only thing, the only people he has All to make happy is his base that continues to get him reelected. Yeah. No, nope, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I just, yeah, I started thinking about this. I, like, I need to I ask say about Don that. this because I'm like, I never get, I'm always uncomfortable when I start feeling comfortable with populist candidates. Right? Yeah. Because, no, I think that's the, you know, people are dumb. That's why. A person is smart, as we remember Men in Black. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so are we about to do it? Are we about to go into sports? sports? We're out here. Okay, so 
Let's see here. What I have for sports. The Hawks lost last week, last week to the Tigers Boo. by a field goal. It was bullshit. Went into overtime. And then by lost field by, goal? Yes. Went into overtime and then lost by a field goal. It was horrible. Um, BS. Derrick Henry ran all over the Seahawks. I believe that he had four touchdowns. He had 47 fantasy points. I lost him two leagues because of Derrick. Yeah. It, it was horrible. Um, lineup pulled up here. Yeah. It was, it was really bad. Um, so... Yes, the Seahawks lost last week. The Ducks are 3-0 against Fresno State, Ohio State, and Stony Brook. I did not Who get to cares? watch the Stony Brook game last week because I was in Belfair. They play Arizona tonight. Um, I'm kind of partial to Stony Brook because I live right next door to it and I live in Long Island. Yeah, so yeah. I've never, I didn't get to watch that game, but they absolutely blew their shit in. It was beautiful. Wow. The score was like 47-3 to three or some shit. It was, they absolutely <laughs> should be in a different Brook. division, man. When you don't I, belong here. When I first watched, it was very close, and I was a little bit concerned about that. Um but but when I was checking later, they were absolutely smashed. So yeah. I'm checking out the score going right right now. Right like, meow. I'm excited. Who am I playing here. today? Yeah, who are you playing this week? this week in the league? Because I was saying um, earlier that I Christian Mingle 22. <laughs> is that Chad? That's, no, that is um, Joe. It's Joe. Yes. Oh, yeah, I can see it now. I can see it now. Yep, it's That's Joe. awesome. Team um, Christian Mingle 22. I love that. Let's see here. I'm actually uh, projected to win, finally. Come on, bitch. Oh, he got hosed, buddy. Fucking Christian McCaffrey. Um, oh, McCaffrey, my God. Dude, yes. He's out. Yeah, he got, he's got a six points when he's projected for 24. That kneecapped the hell out of him. So, uh, Sorry, not sorry, Joe. Yeah, I had Christian McCaffrey in one of my other leagues. I took him with my first overall pick in the Bennett League. Oh. Six points, and now he's going to be out for a few weeks. So Ouch. We'll see what happens. Um, let's see. The Stony Brook score was forty-eight to seven. Forty-eight so, to seven. It was pretty savage. Yeah, we play Arizona today at seven thirty. Um, like I said earlier, it's traditionally a difficult game, so we'll see what happens. We're ranked number three right now. I think it'll be okay. Um, I have one win over two weeks in four different fantasy leagues. So there's that. Um, yeah, CSC, CMC is injured. Christian McCaffrey's out for a couple weeks. DJ Moore is also injured, who was one of my big guys. I have him in our league. I'm playing Chad this week. Chad has, like, the best team in the yeah, league He's fucking so vicious far. right now, dude. Yeah, um, so I'm playing it this week. I have DJ Moore, who got, like, 20 points and then got injured, So which was good. I was really hoping for a touchdown on top of that because he got that, like, midway through the third quarter. He had 20 points. So I was, really, I was really hoping that he could get a teeter before the end of the yeah. game. He then Let's got hurt. Attack one more on. He then got hurt. Sam Darnold got another touchdown. So I think that it could have possibly been DJ Moore's if he was in the game. So I, I don't want to like put you Let's on the see. spot if you don't know. You're just kind of my go-to guy for no, this what's stuff. what's up? Um, do you what happened to Christian McCaffrey? Because you said he's going to be out for a few weeks. Hamstring strain, torn. He was running. And he jumped up and was grabbing his hamstring. So, uh, aye, yeah, aye. they're not sure yet. It looks like possibly just a strain because they just did a few weeks. So mm-hmm. I don't think that it's torn or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be going to be a couple of weeks. He's been injured before, and he was back super quick. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, Pretty young guy. Yes, he is. This is maybe his fourth year in the league. So him and I are probably about the same age. Um, yeah. you hate that after a while? The like, first year. Professional sports players. And like, yes. man. They're my age. Four years ago was the first year that the players in the NFL were the same age that I was, and I was like, I hate myself. Yeah. I hate myself, and I hate my life because I am just severely unsuccessful, and all these people are about to be drafted into the NFL, and that's it. That's I've, it. I've wasted my entire I life because, stack up because now. I'm not in the NFL. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. Um, so... 
So who are you playing in our league this week? I'm playing Chad this week yep, in our yep, league. Yep, I'm yep. playing Jordan in the Benick League. I have a Dynasty League that I have going on. I'm playing, I don't remember, and then I am playing Shay in the other league. Oh, snap. I'm playing, and I played Shay in the Dynasty League last week and got my ass kicked. Um, I did Ooh. want to remind everybody one last time. We talk about these things all the time. I share a lot of sports stuff on my Instagram, which is at alpaca underscore Donovan, and my Twitter is at salt of the street. Collins and Big Bird Offy on both of those things. You can find all this information on our website, salt of the street.com. You can also find our salt of the streets Instagram at salt of the streets, our Facebook, fuck Facebook at salt of the streets. We also have our Patreon now, which is patreon.com slash salt of the streets. You can go there and subscribe to us, become a Patreon for us. Thank you, everybody who's done that. You are all amazing. That is going to help us pay for our SoundCloud and our website and all of our general stuff and make more merch and do a lot of cool things. So I'm very excited for that. That's going to build out the studio. Yeah, it's going to be exactly. I am moving soon, so we are going to have to move studios. So that is going to help us pay for studio space, anything. It's going to help us do a lot of stuff, subscription to different news networks and things like that, you know, uh, sources that we can check out. So um, I think that's great. Just one note on that. If there's anything particular – I feel comfortable with this. We didn't mm-hmm. ask about this. If there's anything in particular that someone wants, you know, if you're like a $20 patron and you're like, I really would like for you guys to subscribe to this particular news source, let us know. Send yeah. us a message. I don't have any problem if you're like, I just became a patron for this level. We can obviously verify that. So if you have a really particular thing that you want that money to go to and it's feasible for us, I don't have any problem doing that. Me neither. So yeah. let us know. And that's very random. But it just for some reason came to my head while we were talking well, about it. Well, so. it makes sense in the in the age of uh, you know pay a la carte news Yeah, when you have to put your dollars in to be generally informed right. um, or rely on sources that you don't you may or may not be able to rely on yeah. because they're the only ones doing it for free, relying solely on ad revenue. If you're looking for New York Times, Washington Post, I mean, my our local paper. Kids uh, have sun. Kids have sun. Which is dog shit. That is ridiculous. I'm not paying you money to read through all your grammar problems and spelling errors, okay? Yeah. That's bullshit. If I want to know what's going on, I should. That's, that's messed up. Find a new way to, to get a revenue stream. Let's yeah. just put it that way. But yeah, totally on board with that, and it, it makes sense to me. Yep, past that. Uh, if you need a haircut, swellblender.com. Get an appointment there. If you need a skateboard, go to Location Skate Shop in West Bremerton. If you're on Twitch, go to Alexi Cayo on Twitch. Watch some streams there. And if you need a cake or just want to look at some beautiful cakes, go to Leggings and Aprons on Instagram. It's a beautiful time. That's everything, I believe. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to throw in sports this week? Any questions? Anything? Any, any quandaries? Any quandaries? No. No. Unfortunately, my life's been rather chaotic recently, and haven't been able to watch a lot of sports, but I'm getting, I'm I'm two L's for the fantasy league right now, but it's yes. early, so I'm not that concerned. The injuries are, you know, they're coming in as they usually do in the beginning, and I've been relatively unaffected, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, I will just say one thing, I am super proud of us because we're going to cut this show and we're going to cut just out on the wire. We're going to come right under four hours, baby. <laughs> We've had a lot it's of heavy episodes thing. lately, guys, and. We've just had a lot to talk about, I guess. Yes. Um, so with that, I will go to the store tomorrow and buy that book, and I will read it over the next two weeks. I'm sure it's not very long. It's probably wide-spaced, and it's probably big oh, yeah. in print. So I will get that, and I will – How many books can you get out of one in administration? Uh, At least four. <laughs> we've got one so far. It's only eight months, so we'll see what we can do. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Well, this is actually about the past one, right? And like the first yeah. days of the Biden administration. Yeah, it's like the so, crossover, yeah. Yeah, so this this book, this particular book is about the final days of the Trump administration, January 6th, and also the first days yeah. of the Biden administration. We are going to talk 
next episode about the subpoenas coming down. Yes. Um, about January 6th. I have some clips Steve here. Bannon. I have some clips here that we didn't play that I will be releasing over the next week that I have clipped up. And uh, we can kind of say something, you know, in the description of like, this is why this matters. Mm-hmm. This is what this is referring to. So look for those on our Instagram over the next few weeks. Um, you don't need, they're only like two minutes long, so I wouldn't worry yeah. about putting them on YouTube. But on I think YouTube, we can put them on Patreon too. Yeah, we can put them on our yeah. Patreon on YouTube. We have been doing way more clips lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Instagram, we've been trying to do way more shorts, segments cut up, and also smaller segments and things like yep. that. So definitely AUKUS will be a short that will go on Instagram next oh, yeah. week and things like that. So look out for those things. With that, um, this is a closing line that we do every week or every episode. If you can tell me what show or movie this closing line came from, you will receive a free signed T-shirt that we will send to you. I will put some of these uh, note cards in there if you want. I showed – Last time I have this the stack whole, is growing. This whole thing that we're gonna that we can send out. So if you guys want some of those, um, I'm also willing to just send them out an envelope. I don't know. I don't. I'm into. I don't know. I get. I get weirdly obsessed with the things that I'm into, podcasts and stuff like that. So if I was listening to like a new podcast and someone was like, "I'll send you some of my note cards if you want," I would be like, "Fucking send it, do like, it." Yeah. So yeah. I know that might be weird. I don't know. I'm not trying to be like. I know people are really interested in the notes that I take, and like I'm very <laughs> popular, but. That's just how I get about the things that I get into, you yep. know? So um, is there anything that you want to add to this, show? Nope. Other than I love all your faces. If you are wanting to introduce our show to your friends and, yes. like the, yes. you know, it, you. And it can seem like a very overbearing um, thing to try to introduce to people. A four and a half hour long podcast is very scary to a lot of people. The shorts, the salty shorts, the clips on the YouTube is the way to introduce people to us. That's the gateway drug to salt the streets. Get out there, share the stuff, like this video, subscribe, just send it all out to all your friends and all your family, and boom. That's that's my last plug. Boom. These dogs are getting anxious. No. And with that, the war that we fought is far from over. We live our lives in hiding. America. <laughs> I feel like that America. needs America. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been real. Stay Love everybody. you guys. Thank you. We're out.